What's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo? The ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end. Because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing. This shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it'll shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you. That meant something. Even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going. Because they were holding on to something. What are we holding on to, Sam? But there's some good in this world, Mr. Furl. And it's worth fighting. Maybe Samwise is being a bit unreasonable. Shutterstock music. And yeah, no, I can't. I can't do it. I, I definitely <laughs> can't. All right, may not be God of War, but gosh darn it, it's close. Shutterstock music. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark 49 of the Super Civil Servants Podcast. My name is Greg, and this is the last show of the season. Because just like the CW, we have really, really long seasons. Um, 49 is the last show of the season one. So here we are. But do we have the random three or four week breaks come back and then have and then go on another break? Uh, every once in a while. That's why we're <laughs> almost at a year and we're only at 49. So <laughs> we're going to hit a year 50, which is actually pretty cool. But um, special guest tonight, my homeboy CK. This guy's a master of knowledge right here. And he is coming at me, uh, coming to join the show from my uh, the other show that I'm on, the C3 Panthers podcast, um, to talk to us about Twin Tower, or excuse me, Two Towers tonight. CK, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. Uh Having a blast. Uh, I like talking about this type of stuff, and I'm good at winging it. So good to give it a good old college try here and see if I can contribute to the conversation. If you're a Panthers fan, you got to be good at winging it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not, we're it. not good at much these days, but gosh darn it, we can make some stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> certainly can. That's for sure. And there you go. You hear it, Chris. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I've uh, I've come back to you at the turn of the tide. Yeah. Um, Nathan is not going to be able to make it tonight, nor is Katie, but Travis will be with us in a little while. But unfortunately, Travis has not watched any of the Lord of the Rings, and I don't really care if I'm calling him out for that. Somebody else should <laughs> hit him up about that. He's never watched Lord of the Rings. So we're going to talk Two Towers first, um, continue our first show of the month, or 
our first weekend of the month movie review. Um, so, fellas, give me some overall thoughts on what you thought about the Twin Towers, and then we'll get into some scenes and actors and stuff. CK, what you think, buddy? You know, it's uh, it's kind of that middle child, right? You know, you had the the Lord of the Rings, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, that kind of introduced you, and then you have the the final trilogy, which in my final of the trilogy, which is the Return of the King, was my favorite, and this is kind of stuck in the middle, and it kind of I guess beefs up the storyline that that leads you into the final movie, but um, you know I, I think you you start to get a lot of the character depth and and the development in this um, a, as well. You start to see uh, the transition of uh, Samwise as he becomes over, you know even more protective of Frodo and Frodo starting to really be compromised by the ring. So there's a lot of a lot of uh, depth building a lot of uh transitioning of characters to uh you know I, I guess their character as it will um but uh you know it for me not my favorite of the three but it definitely without it uh, obviously with the books and everything included you're 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 gonna be missing a large part of of what the series is really meant to to do which is get you to that finale yeah mm-hmm. chris what you think buddy yeah it's 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 definitely definitely more action beats than the fellowship and i think that's what it was i mean i mean it's interesting comparing the battle of helms deep to you know the the infamous battle that took place in uh game of thrones recently at that point i mean i thought lord of the rings had was a long battle sequence (laughs) at the end there um but no i think this is a very much you know, we introduce our characters in the first one, but you're right, CK. I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Is that the character development of all of them? Um, even my two least favorite characters got some pretty good development in uh, in in uh, what were they? I hear uh, Pippin. You know, the, yeah, those, yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. The other two hobbits. Yeah, the other two hobbits. Yeah, <laughs> I know some people like them. I know, I know Lisa is probably listening and saying she's she's clamoring their favorite. But <laughs> you know, I I actually they weren't as annoying as they were in the first one. You know, they I liked, actually I liked Pippin a lot better in Lost. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it was it was good. I liked the I think even more. That's what these movies do. They're so good at world building, even though we know where we're at every movie introduces us to a new locale, a new location, a new group of people we have never seen before. Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely enjoy, enjoyed it. It's, it is my number two because Return of the King is, it seems to be always as a lot of people's favorite. It is, it is mine. So I'm looking forward to discussing that, but yeah, this is a very good building on the, on the first one. I will second that right there. That uh, uh, Return of the King is probably my favorite. And then this is my second fellowship i feel kind of the way about fellowship like can you describe this one um almost like the middle child like it was there you had to have it to introduce the people to introduce the characters and to kind of set the storyline out but uh it was the most boring and y'all right the the all the hobbits had much more development and were much more enjoyable in this movie than i thought they were in fellowship of the ring Mm -hmm. um this movie was interesting because i know my wife was sitting down she's never really sat down and watched these movies either and she was kind of trying to understand it and start to watch it and she was telling me she was like it's just so difficult to watch these movies because there's so much going on i said yeah there is but that's why you've got to watch it from the beginning because it's made that if you've never heard of any of this and you watch it from the beginning and pay attention you can you you can catch on to what's going on and catch on to everything it may take a few viewings because (laughs) it can get kind of confusing 
Um, but that's what I was kind of explaining to her. And that's the way this one kind of goes, too, is because it sets up there are it's almost two different movies going on at once, really. You know, I, I feel like the 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 first Return of the King could be a four and a half hour movie. If mm-hmm. you just took like the parts of that movie about Gondor and this one and put it in Return of the King and then just sold did this one completely about Rohan and, and, the, and the Battle of Helm's Deep and everything else yep. like. You, you could have made two four-hour movies if because they just kind of merged those together into one movie. So there's that was one thing she had a hard time following was the two different storylines, which I guess if you don't know a whole lot about it or you haven't paid much attention to it before, it's easy to, uh, you know, kind of get lost in the mm-hmm. sauce there. So, but, uh, yeah, for me, number number two, uh, I, I love this movie. Um, I mean, like I said, Fellowship of the Ring is number one, but I still love the movie. You know, if, if we're going to pick favorites, one of them's got to be, you know, <laughs> you know, the worst. So, uh, well, I, I like what you said. I think you bring out a point with number two. There are very clear breaks in what even though there's a lot going on, I think you have a very clear of like you got Frodo and Sam, you got the two other hobbits and their journey. And then you've got Aragon and and the rest of the fellowship's journey. You yeah. got very clear and it's not even like saruman is barely in this movie until kind of the end yeah, you know mm-hmm. he's lurking in the shadows he's not as prevalent as he was in the first one but you know obvious reasons that's what, how it was but um but it, it, it's they even though there's a lot going on i think they kept it that you could kind of follow when they do the breaks you you know what you're looking at. You're not having a Game of Thrones problem where there's too many characters, too many, too many things, and too many different stories going on all at once. Right. Well, you, you know, you're right. You didn't see Zaramon a lot all in this movie, and I wonder. I know I don't have the extended cuts, um, but I've seen them, and I know one of them has a lot more of him in it. Is it the, the extended cut of this one or Fellowship that has a lot more of him in it? It's definitely not. It's definitely not this one because I, I watched the extended cut for this one. So, okay, just one of them had a lot more of them, and I can't remember. I'm sure Nathan would know. Nathan's would. yelling at us right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right, cool. Well, uh, so there we go. Kind of overall thoughts, but um, give me some scenes, y'all. Let's let's talk about some scenes. What's something that definitely sticks out in your mind? We'll save uh, Helm's Deep the battle for last because we're all so. Uh, I'll tell you one, and I'm going to tell you because you know, Greg, you know, I've been getting into the video editing stuff and whatnot. Um, the, 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 I guess the introduction into the, I can't remember the name of the forest, but the forest with the, uh, the trees that are, are, uh, alive and whatnot. Bango um, forest, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and so when the, the guys are climbing the trees to try to get, get away from the orcs that they just escaped from, <laughs> they, uh, they, they climb into the tree that happens to be alive and it picks them up and it starts moving. The quality of that scene is not good at all. Like if you go watch that, you see the backdrop moving around. It's just not good. And, and so I, I, I found, I found myself being distracted by it, but, uh, yeah, I, I think the, the three storylines you guys are talking about just to correct, you know, make sure I'm following is the Frodo storyline, the, the uh, other two hobbits, hobbits that go into the forest, that storyline. And then the storyline that is, uh, as you said, uh, going into um, Rohan and whatnot, or is it Rohan? What is it? Um, yeah, Rohan. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, it, I think that uh, that that scene, for whatever reason, sticks out to me just because I know it kind of 
it leads us to an, one of the more epic, you know, endings to that, right? You know, that all of a sudden, you know, we know what happens if you watch the movie. These guys end up, you know, the, the trees come to the, the rescue of the, uh, of the, the, you know, of, of the, I don't even know what you would call it. But during the Battle of the Two Towers, I guess you could say. Um, mm. So, I mean, I, I, that's such an important scene, but I found myself being a little bit too distracted because of the quality of the scene was just not up to the standards I would have thought. And I know it's a little bit of an older movie now, but you would still, I, for whatever reason, my mind still goes to the fact that this is such a new movie. It should have had better special effects and clearly right. a, in a different situation with it. Well, it's it's funny you bring that up because that specific scene you're talking about where he's he's on the train, that's when it comes alive for the, the, the ant for the first time it comes mm-hmm. alive. Um, I didn't notice it then, but I did notice it about 30 minutes later when they're walking. And I think it's when they're walking out to the forest. And he tells them to go south so that way he can see what, you know, uh, Eisenhower's done to the forest to kind of make them mad and make them want to join the fight. Mm-hmm. And you could that's what I noticed that exact thing right then because they were on top of the tree. And yep. it was just the two the two hobbits on top of the tree. And you yep. could see the background and it looked horrible. And I was like, wow, that's really low quality. And I never noticed that before. And yep. maybe it's because. I did the disc to digital for this through Voodoo, and I just paid two dollars for the standard def. And I was just wondering if maybe that was what it was. Maybe if I got no, I, version, I, I actually paid four dollars today to rent it on Amazon. Yeah. Um, so I could have downloaded it and tried to do it the the free way, but I decided, you know what? Uh, for the legitimacy of the podcast tonight, I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and uh, and rent this out. I'm going to go ahead and send you a bill for that, though. Okay. I got you. no problem, man. I appreciate you holding up our name like but no, that because and, and that was high de- and that was high definition. So I I you yeah. can, I can't even necessarily put that as an excuse. I think I think there was just so much, and that just wasn't as important of a scene in their mind that putting that much production value into it, they probably felt like that was good enough, especially in that moment in time in the history. Obviously, that's when I think we were. Uh, starting to see a transition into the really incredible special effects. And so I think they were probably focusing more on those, those, I, I would say more emotionally impacting scenes. And that wasn't one of them. That was, uh, that was basically a necessary scene that they needed to kind of introduce those, uh, those, I, I, if you want to call the trees characters, uh, introduce them into the, into the, the world of, of Lord of the Rings. And so there we are. Yeah. Well, you, know, you bring you bring up the the trees. I can't help but think this scene in uh, Clerks too, <laughs> Kevin Smith just for talking about like even the gosh darn trees are walking. Here are the three films. Everyone's walking, including the darn trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you bring up the point about the, the the special effects and how it was different changes. And I think it's also this movie doesn't do as much special effects. If you look at the characters to have. I mean, I guess when you look at like the 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 orc army or the the Uruk-hai army or the, the you know Sauron's army, and it's ten thousand, yeah, that's probably special effects. But other than that, that's a lot of people in practical suits, as opposed to being all computer generated or computer animated um, villains like you would see in most movies these days. So maybe, like you said, maybe that's another factor that went to the not having the special effects mean so much to them in that kind of type deal. But I don't know. It seems like in a movie nowadays, you wouldn't have people in suits doing that. You would have, even though that still was a time when they would do that practically. I don't know. <clears throat> it's weird. I think that has a little to do with it. <laughs> there were a lot of. Uh, yeah. So, but speaking of the, uh, the, 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 how do you say it? Yorkai? Orkai? Or, the, the I don't orcs, know. Orcs. And there's Yorkai, right? Yeah. The more advanced. Sure. Yeah. When I was younger and I saw this movie, even now, 
man, I thought they looked awesome. Man, yeah. I thought they looked awesome. Like, what an awesome, awesome look they gave them. Um, scary, but not... I mean, I don't know. I guess for me, I don't like horror, and it wasn't something that really scared me, but I yeah. guess I'm a little more into this. I don't really look at this as horror, even though technically they kind of are, I guess, the same kind of things. But what would y'all think, then, of the look? I, th- I mean, I thought the just the makeup and the the I mean, they definitely were scary. I mean, you're not going to necessarily think that they're you don't want to see one walking down a dark alley. Um, I like the distinguishing between them. And, you know, if you want to look at that scary and just screwed up, you know, we got Gollum. Yeah. And and just the inner finally we get to see the introduction. I mean, in in the fellowship, we just saw it was creepy enough when we saw just the shadow in the fellowship and just how mm-hmm. creepy he was. We didn't even see, you know, Andy Circus make his debut in it. But man, that that was one of my highlights of that. Just seeing that character on screen, seeing just the debate between him and Smeagol. That is I laugh every time I see that debate. It's like yeah, cat the master, the master the, you, you, oh, he bastards my friend. You don't have any friends. You know that, yeah, that, the one where it's going back and forth. Like yeah, back and forth. That, yeah. That, <laughs> That that cracks me up every time, but you know it's with that idea. I really like, and I think it calls a lot of how important Sam is to Frodo, and him calling out and you know different points of like you, you can't trust Gollum. You you know you're becoming him by having the ring as close to you, even though you're not using it. You're you're becoming like him. And mm-hmm. you're not seeing it. You know, this is what your future will be if you don't keep on the path and you can't trust him. Really? Okay. See, that's interesting that you look at it like that because I don't really look at it. Now, I, I think that I see it like that more towards the end of the movie. But I feel like more towards the beginning of this movie or whenever you first enter, get introduced to Gollum, it's more of a um, – Frodo realizing that he that's what's going to be and Sam just not liking uh Gollum you know yeah. like that that's the well, way I kind of took it well you kind of get the feeling like the way that the filmmakers do it is they actually make it almost feel as though Sam is being somewhat unreasonable even though yes, times, the, yeah yeah even though the introduction to Gollum, you know, as we know him in the introduction, they don't know he's Smeagol yet. They know him as Gollum. Um, at that introduction, he's being introduced as a monster trying to steal the the ring. Right, right. that's what's happening. Um, it's not a situation that can necessarily be misconstrued. Um, however, you know, we as the movie goes on, you start to kind of feel like maybe Samwise is being a bit unreasonable when his his first understanding and interaction to this character was honestly just simply being robbed. So he's not being unreasonable <laughs> and he's been yeah. warned about him. It's not like these guys are, you know, being told or basically interacting with this gentleman for the first time in their existence. They've been informed of who this is and warned about his tactics. And they sure. still, you know, as, as we know in the reason is the corruption that uh, Frodo is under because of the, uh, of the ring. But, it's definitely an interesting uh, dynamic that these filmmakers create because they do make it seem like maybe it's reasonable to think that Gollum's a good guy. Yeah. I mean, I think that was other, the other kind of point of the movie was the, the, that Frodo had hope that he could turn back into that good guy because he knew that if he couldn't, that that was going to what it was what he was going to end up being like. So he, he had to keep that hope that he could 
turn Gollum back to Schmeagol, I guess you would mm-hmm. say, or get rid of Gollum. Um, yeah. Hey, speaking of Samwise, why does he like? Was he below Frodo in like the stature of society? Weren't they friends? I mean, I know Samwise was his gardener, right? But but weren't they friends? Why does he always call him Mister Frodo? I just call him Frodo. Why not, Mister Chris? Why why why, why, why is yeah, it like that? I'm not going with that. Nope, nope. <laughs> like I, 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 maybe just in, again, not having read the books, you know, fully admit that, and maybe it's something in the books. Nathan will have to educate us at that point, yeah. but. You know, maybe it's just a sign of politeness is that he sees he's there. He considers Frodo above him in the sense of his mission, his stature, what he's purposed to do. So that's just a sign of respect, you know? Yeah. I, I you know, I, you kind of get the feeling like it's like a class system, right? Yeah. You know, like you have in India where I know that's not supposed to be that way, but it is that way, right? Where people are discriminated against based on their family name. Um, and so the fact that, that we have a situation that's similar to that, you know, at least it feels like it where Samwise is being overly respectful to, uh, to, uh, Frodo for really little to no reason, because I mean, Frodo has just been given a task that is historic and heroic. So I think that's probably, that's what I get the feeling of it is, is that he does feel like he's lesser of a, of a hobbit than Frodo is because Frodo has been just, you know, impressed upon with this incredible, uh, quest that is the to save the world essentially, and so um, I don't know. I, I, I it feels just like a class issue. I think. Yeah, seems like a pretty reasonable explanation. Uh, uh, talk to me about Gandalf the White. Like I know, you it know, still confuses it, it, me a little I, I, bit. <laughs> what 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 confuses you about it? I mean, just the is he Gandalf or not Gandalf, right? Yeah. Well, he's a the, there butterfly. Was, he's a butterfly. Yeah, there that's... was one plot hole I, I saw in this part right here, where when whenever Gandalf sees Aragorn for the first time, you know, and he's talking to him, and he and he says Gandalf, and Gandalf says, "Oh, Gandalf, yes, that's my name." You know, that's what they used to call me. Like he's never heard that or not remember. So yeah, that makes it seem like it's not the same guy. Or maybe yeah. it's a situation where he's died and, and and been risen from you know his, his death or whatever. I don't know. How to explain that. But if you go back to uh, the hobbits before that, they met. They saw him first, and they called him Gandalf because they said whenever we met Gandalf. So when they met him, they would have called him Gandalf. So why would Gandalf then later act like he didn't know that was his name? I don't know if that's a plot hole, but I may have found one. Did I just ruin everything? No. no. Lord of the Rings done now. Should we throw it out? <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> go ahead. I ruined it. <laughs> that's definitely it. That's definitely yeah. it. I'm probably wrong about that, too. And Nathan, Nathan would call me out. He's going to. I'm see, I, long see I, I kind of equated it to he's been reborn, you know, in, in the sense yeah. of, you know, he it's one of the he knows who he is. He knows it's I didn't know if it was a game or, you know, just kind of neurons just finally clicking back because i don't know and i there's got to be a little more backstory than him just randomly showing up at that point that we're we just don't they just didn't have time to film and get in there at that point that's that's one of the things i wish dice that wish we knew more about it again they people say read the books sorry 
do do. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no. I had a little more priority at that point. Write that down. <laughs> and totally respect Tol- Tolkien for for what he did, but kind of like Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's where I draw the line on that length of a book. <laughs> uh, you know me, man. If it doesn't have pictures in it, I usually don't read it. Yeah, my father had the same idea. He'd say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's see. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? I know, um, yeah, we talked about the Gollum Schmeagel breakup. I definitely wanted to bring that up. What about some names, man? What about that guy, Grima Wormtongue? Like, they have some pretty interesting names in here. I mean, of course they do. But <laughs> mm, how about well, let's go ahead and talk about uh, the Battle of Helm's Deep. This battle is awesome. I absolutely love watching the Battle of Helm's Deep. And I think what makes it even more fun for me is one of the most fun video games I've ever played was a Lord of the Rings video game. I can't tell you the name of it, um, but I'm pretty sure it was for Xbox. But playing the Battle of Helm's Deep was so fun. So fun, man. And uh, it was one of those games where you could switch between characters if you wanted to be, like mid-game, like while you were playing, kind of like the Marvel yeah. Alliance game. Yeah. Um, so awesome, man. And I absolutely love that game. And I guess that made this battle even more fun for me. But going back and watching it uh, for the first time in I don't know how long, um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it again. It definitely holds up, uh, you know, the having the 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 actors in the costumes as opposed to the the CGI soldier, I think really, really adds to a battle like this. It makes it a lot more fun to watch. Um, but uh, what y'all think, man? I'll let you take a TK first. Uh, you know, it, it definitely was an epic one. Um, it's as a young child, I definitely can tell you I was more confused a lot of with this movie than I would have been with the others. Um, and it's yeah. not that. It, it just it was there was a lot of things that I felt like if you read the books, you understand a little more than you did if you watched the movie first. Um, but other than I mean, like I said, as far as epic and, and being able to actually, I guess, elicit emotion like it did, um, the, I, I think it accomplished its goal. Certainly mm-hmm. outside of that, I, it's so hard for me to to comment without actually understanding a lot of the inc- intricacies of the of the battle and whatnot that. Maybe you don't quite get from the uh, from the movie that the books maybe explain a little bit better, but I think it was an you know incredible you know fight scene for sure. One of the better action uh, action uh, scenes in a in a movie that I would say definitely memorable. Well, which do y'all think is better, the uh, the battle at the Helm's Deep or Battle of Gondor? In the next movie, I mean, obviously I like the the third movie better. Yeah. I... <sighs> It's, it's I don't, been so long since I've seen the third one. I, I, I'm going to probably end up saying it's going to be the third one, so I'm going to bow out because I just haven't seen it re- enough to uh, qualify that. The 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 thing that will <laughs> that speaks more to me is the it almost says if you guys remember Game of Thrones is you know not the finale but the the one of the episodes before the finale where they're surrounded by everything and they're just fighting to basically die because that's what's going to happen. That's what you kind of feel like this is is that it's just these guys at least Gondor is. Um, not the uh, not the Helm Steep. Um, so that one is more epic in the aspect that it feels like everything is doomed, right, from the get-go. And yeah. and this one, you feel like you're kind of coming in a little more prepared, as, at least as prepared as you possibly can be. I still think uh, the Battle of Gondor was definitely better. Yeah. Um, am I thinking about the right battle, Battle of Gondor? 
Gondor's one of the end of the third one. Yeah, end of the third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's that. We're good. So, uh, both really, really fun battles. You don't get elephants in this one, though. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that. Uh, That's and you talked about the game. Return of the King was probably my favorite uh, video game on GameCube um, back in the day. So I actually really I remember your Return of the King and and all the intricacies of that because I did play the video game a lot. Probably beat it like five or six times. Yeah, I think I probably like Return of the King the most because when I was in college, I didn't have cable. And I think I probably watched played that movie for 19 days straight, I think, on my television. So just didn't watch anything else. That's probably why. But I don't think I've seen it since then because of that reason. But (laughs) I do love it. Um but yeah, the video games, it's so hard to find a good Lord of the Rings video game. I've tried. Oh, I've got one for you. If you haven't played Shadow of Mordor, that, that'll blow you away. Yeah? Yes, okay. if you have not. But what's so crazy about that, it doesn't feel like a Lord of the Rings game. It feels more like an Assassin's Creed game. Okay, I can, yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that. I just like, I like it. I like the world they put it in. I like this new story that they're putting with it in, in it, but I love... I think the nemesis system was just genius on their part of just fighting certain certain captains and things like that to become your nemesis and start trying to hunt you down, you hunting them down. Dude, I was watching the Battle of Helm because uh, last night I I watched most of the movie last night and then I stopped it right before the Battle of Helm's Deep because it was getting late and I had to get up for work this morning. So I figured I'd watch it whenever I got off work, and I, um, you know, so I watched it a few hours ago, and I was looking at some of the things on it. Man, how crazy would it have been to to battle back then as opposed to how it is now? I, just, I think about just, it a lot, actually. Yeah, the That's... the structure about because, like, think about it, these guys are standing on a tower, right, and they're shooting arrows down. Okay, then they have guys behind them that shoot that volley arrows over their head. You would never see anything like that today. Never, ever, 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 because they'd be too scared of getting shot, you know, getting shot with a guy. But it's just crazy how the battles have changed, you know, mm-hmm. or the standoff right right at Helm's Deep, you know, because they're, they're standing off. And I guess the, the the orcs are doing their little dance thing or whatever. They're about to get into battle and the old man accidentally lets go of the arrow. And, and that's when the battle goes. It's like, wow, there were standoffs like that. It's totally different than guerrilla warfare, which I guess is what everything is now. Um, yeah, man. I think about that stuff all the time too. It's crazy, crazy way to fight. You know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I sit there and think about what it would be like to actually battle in a, in a, in an environment like that. And it's, it's just to think about the blades and, and the type of injuries these guys would endure. I know we deal with a lot in today's battles as well, but to actually do you think about the, the impact of a broadsword sword, just like hitting your shoulder or like, slicing your leg or something like that i just i feel like that is because it's not going to kill you immediately a lot of times and so you're just basically just waiting to die at that point um the the part of it that's so that i wonder about in that type of an type of battle is do you uh how do you actually trying to think of the right way to explain it how do you how do you actually know you've killed somebody right how do you know to yeah. move on? How do you know to move on from that guy? Or how do you know to like to taunt him or as as in today's uh, society is, you know, do something that, you know, kind of uh, it, it looks like you're making tea. Um, you know, it just how do you know when to when to when to just like, all right, I got him. Uh, because if you turn your back on that guy and he really wants to kill you and he's just playing dead, 
just saying. So like guillotine, yeah. guillotine, I'm gonna just go for the head, make sure the head's lobbed off, and then I think I can walk away at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Have to develop some kind of way to double tap with the sword. Double I guess. tap, yep. Yeah, both it's, eyes. it's funny. I actually have a. I'm trying to put together a, 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 a I guess, a video of my one of my more recent wins in Call of Duty, and and one of the things that somebody doesn't do is double tap me, and I'm dead, but I have a self revive, so I end up reviving myself in front of him and just shoot him in the head, and he dies immediately. And I'm just gonna do like a slow motion that says, rule number two, double tap, like zombie tap. That's right. <laughs> You know, it's it's funny. Uh, I'm sitting here thinking about it. What we were talking about, you, you were talking about the broadsword earlier, and like how difficult it would be, or not how di- how it would feel to get stabbed by one or cut by one. It's kind of like a slow death. Think about how difficult it would be to swing one. Like those things are just, heavy. J- yeah, just just picking one up first of all is heavy. Okay, then to have the force to be able to 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 lunge it at somebody, to to swing it at somebody and cut and cut. I mean, obviously with enough momentum, you know, even mm-hmm. a dull one's going to cut them at least. Yeah. But and then not to mention on top of that, you have whatever kind of armor you have on, you know, because most of them are in some kind of armor. And I was trying to compare it to like thinking about football players earlier. Like we talked about the underwear Olympics with it, with the uh, um, God, why am I so drawing blanks tonight? So with much? the uh, uh, combine combine. Yeah. The, the underwear Olympics and like, oh, well, it's not real football. And of course, they were pads and helmets of football. But I, if you compared that to like chain link armor and swords and everything else that you would fight with and then it's just totally insane it's totally different um but yeah i i don't know i think if you lived back then or not back then because this wasn't really a time but if you lived in a time where you were swinging a broadsword because that did exist um you just were on a different kind of health regimen you know and and you uh you were just naturally stronger because you had to actually work to survive I'm not saying that not everybody works to survive but physically Work to survive. Everybody was a physical laborer back then. Um, yeah, definitely. They were. There was a different, uh, a different level of uh, of work ethic, I guess you could say, from those uh, uh, that that time of the uh, of our, our, I guess, our mankind. But yeah, definitely yeah. not a not an easy time to be alive. I would say. Well, the podcast back then sucked. Yeah, <laughs> they know? definitely so, were. I mean, they on like point two like micro bits. Like, is yeah. that what it was? Like, just you put in your on your three and a half inch floppies. Well, hey, man, um, I don't know what else you want to talk about about Lord of the Rings. Uh, was there anything else that stood out to you? I know. Um, so we've covered Helm's Deep, covered a couple characters, Gandalf, of course, Bengal Forest. It's funny because most of the stuff that I wrote down on my notes, we just covered naturally without even me talking about, it, which I guess makes sense because stuff we'd want to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, if we're cool with that, then uh, we can go ahead and move on to the next segment. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Let's do it. Did y'all see the PS5 announced they're coming out at the end of the year? You can go ahead and pre-order it. What? When did that happen? You, you can put money down to pre-order. I'll send you a link in the yeah. Uh, send me a link because I know Xbox is doing their third-party insider next week. They're kicking. Okay. I hate to say it. They're, I have to say it. Xbox is kicking Sony's butt right now in the marketing and everything. Yeah. For their next one, they just well, seem think... to be. They just seem to be doing the right moves and making the right sayings while Sony blundered the. Have been blundering their announcements out of the controller. Well, even outside of the uh, the announcements, let's take that out of the equation. Xbox has the corner marketed. I mean, the market cornered, I should say, because. Like as a PlayStation like player, I switched over to PC. And what's funny is I used to be an Xbox player, mm-hmm. and 
on the PC, you can actually get into a uh, into a Xbox party, mm-hmm. um, and you cannot do that with a uh, with a, a PlayStation. And so I, you're kind of put into this tough position of not being able to uh, you know play with the people that you normally would play with because of the uh, situation with the PlayStation being so exclusive on how they want to handle stuff. So it's gotten and like for instance, you know. If you have a Bluetooth wireless Bluetooth headset, mm-hmm. you can't um, you can't connect that to your Xbox or to your PlayStation, and so that bugs me because like yeah. that's something that they yeah they without the dongle together to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but Xbox definitely has the corner market in that respect. You know, in that respect because it allows for an actual, you know, like when I'm playing like Call of Duty, for instance. Um, and somebody from Xbox wants to play, they can just shoot me an invite while I'm on play on the PC, which is pretty cool. So where at PlayStation, you don't have that luxury. Hey, yeah, they, yeah with um, Game Pass too. I mean, they they're Game Pass, yeah, Game Pass at that point. I don't do it, but uh, it's it's well, great. even when you even when you take into the consideration of uh, of being able to play Xbox exclusive titles, right? You you don't have that luxury on the on the uh, on the PlayStation to play on a PC in the event that you have that as, you know, a, a want at all anyway. So. Oh yeah. And, uh, was it their, their big killer is that y- they're going to, they're basically killing themselves with, um, double dipping and saying you buy it on an Xbox, you play it on any kind of Xbox you have. So if you buy it on the one and then you get to, uh, the, uh, the series X, you don't have to buy it again. You own it, you own it outright. Doesn't yeah. matter. That's 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 a great idea. Well, you know what, guys? I'm actually gonna read the article that I was saying about the PlayStation Five. Um, but the article I was from GameSpot, and it said PS Five pre-order retailer um, notification signups. So you can't pre-order it yet, but I guess you can sign up to get a notification when you can pre-order it. So yeah, I think GameStop yeah started doing that a little bit ago. You're right. Yeah, I, I don't know what the price is going to be because I didn't see any kind of price around here, but I can imagine expensive. <laughs> I'm they always are when they first come out. I'm scrolling through the thing right here. Let's see. I don't see anything about it. Um, but that being said, I'll do what I always do with PlayStation, and I'll buy it probably two years after it comes out. So that way it's, you know, That's what cheaper. I always do. I mean, yeah. So I'll tell you a funny story. I'm not going to try to like monopolize the conversation here, but um, so when the Xbox 360 came out, I was working at Logan's Roadhouse and we did a football pool on a regular occurrence. And so you would put $20 into the football pool and the goal was to whoever got the best you know, win percentage got the entire pool. Hmm. Well, I played once and I won. And so I got like 400 bucks. And so I went and bought an Xbox 360. (laughs) And then uh, the next one was the Xbox One. And so what I did with that is at work, when I worked at Wells Fargo, they did a raffle. And I put about, it was a dollar for one ticket. And I put $20 worth of tickets in and I won an Xbox One. So ended up, didn't didn't have to come out of pocket for that, but $20. And then uh, same thing with the original one, when I got the $20 entrance into the football pool. And then the uh, PlayStation, um, you know, PS4, I was working at U.S. Cellular. Uh, so three different places I was working when I, this happened. Um, and, uh, and I was working at U.S. Cellular, and we were working at a college called Ferrum College here in Virginia. And 
the bookstore had switched owners, I guess, and the original bookstore owner had PlayStations, and the new bookstore owner didn't want to have PlayStation, so he sold all of his PlayStations for $100 a piece. So I got the PlayStation when it was still marketed for, you know, uh, 400, 450 bucks, got it for a hundred dollars. So I have yet to pay. I mean, if you, <laughs> you know, at least in principle, the amount of money that they're talking about, <laughs> you know, charging. Right. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. I don't know. For me, I've always loved both systems, but I guess I have a PlayStation now. So it's the most recent for me. I still have my Xbox 360. Um, which I don't ever use. I gave it to my kids a long time ago. But I remember I bought a PS3 when I was in the Army. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, really liked it. And my dog peed on it. Oh. And <laughs> and plus, right, I tried to send it a PlayStation with water damage, and they sent it back and said, no, it's not water, and they wouldn't fix it. So <laughs> we, water. It's not water. We smell the urine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess I get what I deserve there. But um, so then I then I, I had a friend who was playing Xbox. Actually, uh Steven that played Warzone with us the other day, he had Xbox and he wanted me to get one because then I couldn't play with him if I had a PlayStation and he had an Xbox, so I ended up buying an Xbox. And I was on an Xbox for a while until um, it stopped working really well. And uh, I switched back to PlayStation, man, and I've absolutely loved it based on recommendations online. I, I, uh, had, one on the I had one of the 360s. I did get the mm-hmm. dreaded Three Rings of Death. Oh, oh yes. yes. I did yeah. get one of those. Yeah, first apartment, moved into first job. Uh, it was rough already, and then like within a month, I got the Red Rings of Death. I don't know how long I had the system, but oh, that was killer. Luckily, they fixed it. I just had to go like a couple of weeks without a gaming system, so it sucked. Does kind of suck. Even though the older I get now, the less I feel like I ever use my gaming system. It's always my kids now. <laughs> they play Fortnite on it like crazy. That's something. But I at least it's getting too. use. Well, the the good thing is, if I end up getting a PS5, then they can have PS4. Yes. PS5 will be in my office. So. Yeah. The, so with P, the PC, though, I'll tell you, man, if you haven't, you know, it, I would definitely upgrade your equipment with a graphics card, with the processor, with the RAM, solid state drive, if you can. Um, I was the I was the Xbox, PlayStation for the, my entire life. And then all of a sudden I got this, you know, PC, um, which is a funny story on that, how I got that one as well. Um <laughs> Which I went account free, sort of. I, I went account manager of the year at my work, and they gave me a gift card to Best Buy. So <laughs> I, I ended nice. up spending money on the place on the PC. I spent a little money out of pocket for it, but not a tremendous amount. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, it's it's nice to be able to like it, it gives you that extra little bit of an advantage that you talk about. I mean, I know it sounds minute, but even just a millisecond gives you an extra. Uh, it's something just that doesn't happen as easily on an Xbox or a PlayStation, which is, you know, a much quicker processor. The frames per second are much more efficient. There's a lot of positives for sure. I'll tell you what, my when I'd gotten a PS Pro and then I'd gotten a, a 4K TV and I plugged in Horizon Zero Dawn, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. that's... That freaking blew me away because that was the first time oh, I'd wow. used the TV and the Pro, all and and Horizon Zero Dawn. I was like, "Yep," and then God of mm-hmm. War on there. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Yeah, and seeing, that, and seeing that trailer for Valhalla, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I was like, "All right, may not be God of War, but gosh darn it, it's close." <laughs> <laughs> all right, so next topic on the board. Let's go ahead and talk about. AMC versus Universal. That's what I'm going to call it. AMC v. Universal. And, um, as far as I understand it, it's 
do we, do AMC we, do movies. A, do we get a subtitle? Dawn of Stupidity. <laughs> Dawn of the End of AMC Theaters. And Regal. Well, we'll go to Regal in a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, what it is, they, they've decided any any uh, movie from Universal because Universal, what they let their movies come out streaming, gave them the option to stream. They're refusing to play Universal movies now in their theaters. Is that how I understand it? Basically, they didn't honor the agreement of the theatrical run. Like, there's supposed to be a theatrical run window before they have the they they can move it on to video on demand at that point. Um, There's and no... so and so they said that they like they called out Universal Controls just completely bypass the theaters, you know, cuz they were shut down, most of them were at that point. And right. they I think what really stirred this up was how much money Trolls made in just the first weekend it blew away every kind of first weekend video on demand had ever done before. Yeah. Well, it makes me wonder, like, there there was no, I mean, I guess we wouldn't have no way of knowing, but there was no clause or anything kind of thing of a natural disaster type thing where theaters get shut down for X amount of time. I guess, I guess not really. Why am I even saying that? We had no, no idea, <laughs> didn't plan for a pandemic by any means. So I don't even know why I'm saying that. No, there was definitely no clause in that. But you don't think there was any kind of communication with Universal in the theaters? Do you think Universal just was like, you know what, screw y'all? We're doing this and we don't care what you say. Or do you think there was like some kind of negotiation between the two? I think I think there's always going to be negotiations, right? I mean, uh, it's kind of like similar to the to the Marvel Sony situation um, with Spider-Man is that both sides act like the both are done with coming to the table, but they're still talking. Right. You know, yeah. this it's just a PR game at that point, basically trying to pit one side against the other and in, in hopes that one wins that battle and and unfortunately uh it doesn't always work out um for any side and i think it did with disney and sony but i think this is going to be a downside for everybody um not just not just uh universal or not just a uh, uh amc so i mean it's a, I, I, the negotiations aspect the question about that i think they definitely are going to be i think they're still coming to the table i just think right now it's easy for I think AMC is trying to make headlines by saying this and, and hopefully getting people on their side and, and win that battle of PR. Yeah. yeah, it's it's one of these. Yeah, they made $50 million, over $50 million in the first weekend. So that's the biggest video on demand that had ever happened at that point. But, you know, I'm sure they if they gave them a courtesy, they said, hey, we're doing this. Well, you can't do that. Well, you're not open. So, and I kind of said it a couple of times either in the group chat this week when it was brought up that, you know, I, I see where, you know, and Regal got involved in this and I'll bring it up in just a second. But the, the idea that, you know, in order to have movie, th in order for movie theaters to make money, you have to have movies. And if these studios don't make money and don't have anything in the pipeline to continue to make these movies that are coming to theaters, what are they going to show? Um, I'm sure, again, I'd see AMC's problem in the sense that you broke an agreement that we've had a standing contract, you're not honoring it, but everyone's caught in a lose-lose situation with this. If the studios mm -hmm. don't do it, then they have all this they have all this content that's not making money, that's just sitting there, backing up further releases, and, and what are they going to do? I mean, they're, they a lot of times depend on these films, not necessarily to get a sequel out of, like, you know, mm -hmm. Trolls 3, necessarily but also paying for and back ending for other films at that point or paying off debt in different ways yep. so you know 
yeah, was Trolls going to be a, you know, a billion dollar franchise? No, not not really. And when it comes down to it, but, you know, it's it's an interesting line in the sand that AMC is drawing. Now, Regal got involved in saying they were part of the boycott. Well, Regal came out. And this is where they play a little politics. And, you know, they said and this is coming from the Twitter they put out a tweet they put out on April 30th. Regal is not boycotting Universal nor any other studio. We will continue our normal policy and play movies that respect the theatrical window, allowing movies to be released first in theaters prior to the streaming or VOD. They're not boycotting. They're not saying they're boycotting, but they're basically (laughs) saying, if you don't do it, then we're going to have a problem. So that's like, yeah, you're not saying you're boycotting. You're just saying you're going to have a problem if they broke it, which Universal technically did break the agreement. Yeah. But I but I think that they I mean they're gonna lose. It's 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 a game of chicken. Who's gonna blink first mm-hmm. at this yeah. point? But until theaters start opening, they don't have a game they don't have a game in the fight. I mean AMC's all analysts are saying they're 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 basically gonna file for bankruptcy. Regal is not too far behind on that one. Yeah, I think, but like you said, it's lose-lose for them because if they don't react this way, then what happens, everybody else is going to, all these other production companies are going to follow suit and do the exact same thing. And so they have to be, come out and have like a strong iron fist against what they're doing because if they don't, well, now it makes it a lot easier for these other production companies to say, well, you're, you're not on, you're not, not open, you're not allowing me to do this, so... Um, we're going to go ahead and just do video on demand instead. Um, and you know, I think I think it's something that AMC had to do, but I also mm-hmm. think that it's something that the production companies have to do to be able to still maintain a, a profit margin that actually makes sense for them to stay open. Yeah. Well, Greg, well, I think you, you brought up a good point, Greg, on the chat about, you know, maybe lowering the window that it's in theaters, the yeah. timester. Well, you know, I th- I think really when when you look at this, I, I I was talking about lowering the window of it, and and honestly, I don't even think that's an option. I mean, I guess it is because it kind of was the way the were the movies were before the the pandemic happened and everything shut down. <clears throat> they were only in theaters for a couple, you know, some of them a couple of weeks, and they were on video on demand. But when it comes to the situation, a I don't think AMC or Regal is is making a smart decision here at all because they have no power here. Yeah. Not only are they not only are they not able to be open, but these movie producing studios have other ways of putting the movies out. They don't need theaters. They just proved that they made fifty million dollars. You know what do you say? Was that a weekend or a week? Yeah, first week, first, first week. Uh, week. Yeah, right. So they don't need that. And and while I know we discussed this in the podcast before, where there are definitely movies that I want to go see in theaters, and I don't want theaters to go away by any means. Like you know. I but it looks like that might be the direction things are going. And quite honestly, if I can sit down in my living room and I'm not – not me. I'm not going to say me because I don't want people to be like, oh. <laughs> if you could sit down in your living room and you have a 70-inch TV and you could watch this movie in 4K at whatever time you wanted to and pause it and start it, you know, get just one viewing for $25 and sit down and drink your own beer and pop your $1.99 bag of popcorn in your, in your living room, people are going to want to do that. Like, I mean, it's just the way it is. It's awesome to go see movies on the big screen. And I, I like mm-hmm. I said, I don't want to lose that, but I got a pretty good feeling we're going to. You know, I love going to see drive-in movies, too. You don't see those around anymore. 
it, I, I don't know why you just don't never see uh, at least when I was growing it's up it's a novelty. Driving theaters. It, I mean, yeah. those that are around, it's a novelty just to, mm-hmm. to have that experience. Once yeah, or twice. yeah, it's it's all about yeah. uh, what do they call it? Nostalgia. Yeah, it's a nostalgia factor. And if you've never and been to one, what, odds are you're not going to it. So right. And I think that's what most most theaters are going to end up moving to because I know that I have a theater in my town, um, very small town, and uh, we have a theater that the entire it's it's been there my whole life. And it's gone from three to five to one to two to one to five to three dollars as far as admission. It's cash only type place. Just, you know, a lot of memories in this theater. Um, But uh, it's crazy because it's shut down right now. And I I don't think it's going to come back because it's it's not backed by any any major company. You know, it's just a four screen, you know, rinky dink little theater. But, man, I don't think it's coming back, man. It's been shut down ever since then. And, yeah, it's done. Well, yeah. Well, you think that, you know, if and when the country starts reopening back up, they're not going to they're not going to allow them to have a full theater. So not only you're not going to have a full theater, that's going to cut into budgets like just say Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is not going to make the money that it can unless they really push the release till we get past this, which that's probably not going to happen either. Mm -hmm. So the theaters, if they're lucky, can open by summertime, maybe saying 50 percent. That's being generous of of the allowing fifty percent per theater. You know that's 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 gonna cut. That's gonna hurt. Well, it's gonna hurt who? It's gonna, it's gonna, gonna hurt. hurt well, it's gonna hurt the theater and it's gonna hurt the production. It's gonna hurt the the uh, movie studios who are banking on you know Wonder Woman billion dollar movie. The theater gets less because then they can't pay the rent to not only pay their people, but own the, that control the building. And then the studios are going to get less than what they want. Not saying that they're not going to make a third wonder woman. We all know that's a foregone conclusion, but it just, it hurts everyone's bottom dollar. Well, my only question with that would be is, is what do um, the movie theaters as far as like, okay, say a movie, the- wonder woman comes out and it's going to be in this regal cinema and it's 1450 for a ticket. Okay, so of that fourteen fifty that this person paid for this ticket, what does the production studio get, or that like Universal get, or I guess yeah, just what would Universal get for that yeah, movie me. ticket? Because they're not going to get the mo- they're not going to get the money from the popcorn or the, any of the concessions or drinks or I guess places or why not? Because right, because the the I wouldn't think Universal would get any of that, right? I, I mean, they know. may. Yeah. There there may be something in there, but my point is. Okay, so you just sold two tickets for fourteen fifty. So you're what twenty? You're twenty nine dollars, right there. Okay, uh, I just, did I just do math fast correctly? I did. <laughs> yeah, twenty nine dollars. That's what I'm saying. Um, you don't do math. You're doing it better and better each time. I think there you go. I'm practicing. Yeah, <laughs> homeschooling with my kids. Uh, there you go. Math. math is math. But that's right. Math is math. Math is math. Is math. That's right. Um, but my point is, like, okay, so. I would be willing to bet of that twenty nine dollars. There's no way that a, that a, the movie producer, the the Universal, would get more than half of that. Would you think? Yeah, I, I would say a third. I would a third. say. Okay. I, I'd say if we want to be. I say if we just want to be, like for argument's sake, a third, a third, a third. Okay, so close to ten dollars of that sale. Then yeah. I, I guess you would say. So now, if this, you know, I think we even talked about this before. What if what if Universal decided they're going to run their stuff through? through Netflix or through through Amazon or through their own app, okay, where you don't have to pay for this app, but you pay for the ticket. They're going to make a lot more money off that because they could sell you the movie for $25, and that $25 is all theirs. 
mm-hmm. you know, or any kind of video on demand service like they're doing right now. I'm sure they're probably making more money off that video on demand sale than they're making off the movie theater sale. I don't think it's going to hurt movie production because the thing is, if you want to see Wonder Woman, the movie theater is closed and it comes out. If you're going to be a person who's going to go to the movie opening night and see Wonder Woman or opening weekend and you have the availability to do it at your home and this is still going on, you're going to do it. Oh, yeah, I will. I mean, it's, it's going to you're going to do it. Like, I mean, why, why not? Why would you not do it? I would go to theaters if they're open, but they're not. So I'm going to do it so they can still make a billion dollars. And then that same kind of but I just I guess it just depends on what cut they're taking of what you're paying to get it on video on demand yeah. that early, you know? Yeah, I, I made a you know, I know you said made a deal. You know, what if they made a deal with Netflix? I almost think Netflix can corner the market on productions of movies, period. Anyway, um, you know, let's 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 take into account a lot of people want to say, well, you kind of want that night out. You want to be able to go out and enjoy yourself. And um, and that's one of the allures to doing a, a movie theater. I, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix starts opening movie theaters. And now that's a different revenue stream and, and basically saying, listen, if you're already a subscriber to our network, you don't have to pay for anything to you know, come and actually watch the movie in a movie theater. But if you're not, obviously mm. you pay. Now, what mm. the benefit to them would be is not only do they have more people, they almost have like this AMC movie pass like they have out there and whatnot. Now they're creating um, a, a separate revenue that is the concessions and they're not having to pay their admission fees to the or, you know, have to worry about promoting the the you know have basically all the little things you have to worry about and keeping these production companies happy to want to continue to put movies in your theater um so i mean i th- honestly i think that actually makes sense to be honest it really does i, I was actually thinking about disney opening up a movie like a, a, a movie theater that they like just do all their disney movies you, you'd make a gold mine of it but <clears throat> i think but 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 then it but then it's goes against what you were saying before in the sense of, you know, I'm going to take the convenience factor. Why would I, why would I leave my house if I have it there? Because there's still some things I want to see on the big screen. Oh no. The first time I saw Endgame. I I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. The only thing that, that the theaters have to be able to say to Netflix, like when you go to the movie theater, or even if you see them trying to advertise to come and actually watch a show, um, watch a movie in their theater, uh, is that some things are better on the big screen. You know, that's the advertisement you see, you know? Yeah. And so if you take that away from their advertisement option, well, some things are better on the big screen. Come watch it at Netflix theater. <laughs> yeah. Good it, point. It, it would be an interesting one. Cause I, I read somewhere and I could just be either hearing or just hearing reading conjecture at that point. But you know, the amount of money that Netflix spends rivals probably why amazon never turns a profit too yeah like they notoriously amazon does not turn a profit people say well how is that possible i said look at how much they just invest and invest and invest and invest invest as soon as they get money they they put it back into play it's not none of it's they're not turning a profit yeah they're they're just a a quote-unquote just a, a, a company that knows what they're doing with invested. Netflix is the same thing. You know, you wonder how much content they produce. That's what it is. Money in, money out at that point. And that is one way to run a company. But I I, I see what you both are saying in a sense of like them opening a theater. I just don't think that's the smartest decision when it's overhead they don't have to worry about. Because when you open a theater, you got to pay utilities. you got to yeah. pay people. you got to do maintenance. you got to pay rent. That is a lot of overhead they don't have to worry about by sticking to the streaming. I like the idea. I think it's a very interesting concept because I agree. There are certain like Star Wars. 
I would never, I mean, again, you can't, you know, see everything in the theaters, but those kind of movies, the Marvel movies, DC movies, you just want to see that in the theater to have that full on experience. But I just don't see Netflix or Disney buying out that to have that much overhead. Yeah. Well, in, in the part of it, and I agree the overhead in the reason that Netflix is successful and can continue to run the production values that they do uh, as sky high as they do is because of their, they don't have a, a brick and mortar issue. But I think if you're talking about adding an extra revenue stream, I think one of the parts that's so tough for the organist, like for the, um, for AMC and these is basically attendance. And if people aren't willing to attend, well, you're not getting your, they're not making money off of ticket sales. They're not making money off the box office. They're making their money off concessions. And that is, that's the, that's why you see them. The prices are so high. That's why you see them having arcades in their, uh, in their mm-hmm. stores. Um, it's because that the only revenue stream that they have is going to be basically getting people to actually pay money outside of just coming to see a movie, which is why they don't let you have food or anything like that. So if you can get more people coming to the movie, because guess what? It's free with your subscription to Netflix. Well, that and we'll give you a discount on concessions as well. Yeah. You know, but still charge for concessions. <laughs> right. But I mean, that, I think that you add that you have more people coming because they're still saving money. They're still getting the production value that you're getting. And I think for Netflix, it almost makes it impossible for them to not be able to have their full introduced into, into the, you know, Golden Globe. That's true. That would change that up. And, you know, the thing is, I think, CK, you, what you were talking about where, like, uh, if Netflix did something like that and, like, you already had a Netflix subscription, you wouldn't have to pay. You just have free admission. I think the only difference with there is to cover overhead and everything else like Chris is talking about is how about instead of if you're a Netflix member, um, your ticket is $6 instead of $14. Yeah. Otherwise, $14, and you can pay – and people pay $14, $16, $18 for a ticket now anyway. So, you know, why not? And then you could cover a lot of things because most people are Netflix, you know. So yeah. Most people have so damn Netflix. But problem is there, you have a Netflix account for your family. So if you have a Netflix account for your family, would you give everybody in their family a discount more? And then how would you prove these are your, is your family? It, it, it would be a lot to deal with. I don't know, man. It's got to think this kind of stuff through. Yeah. And I wanted I to mean, bring up two. Good. I was going to say, I mean, the, the I don't, I'm sure you guys remember the time in, in Netflix's uh, life when they were, when they initially went to streaming and then mm-hmm. because they were the mail-in, I don't know if any of you guys did the mail-in yep. option yep. for Netflix. I did. And I couldn't tell you how many times I forgot to send a movie back and I'm just <laughs> sitting there paying for the subscription for no reason. Um, but then they, then they started the streaming option and everybody loved it. But guess what? They couldn't maintain the servers and everything at the price. So they ended up having to raise prices. And everybody stopped paying for Netflix. And then all of a sudden people were like, I still need that Netflix because yeah. that's my entertainment. And so now they all, they all of a sudden needed Netflix back again. I could see a situation where Netflix doesn't charge anything initially. And then they realize, okay, if we want to actually make sure this is successful and we can actually maybe even create a franchise to where franchisees can open Netflix, you know, theaters in their area or something like that, then then we need to make it a free thing for now. And then once we actually get enough people interested in that concept, sort of like when you see restaurants open, their food is the best when they first open. Their prices are the best when they first open. It's because they want people to come and try it out first. And if they actually like it and it's a proven concept, well, people are more likely to pay for it after they know they like it. That's true. Get them hooked. Anyway, I know this is a little bit off topic from what you guys normally talk about. But um, anyway, Netflix, if you're listening. 
uh, hire me. I'll, I'll consult for you, man. Oh, can you? Feel like? Can you all hear me? I can hear. Okay, my earpiece keeps cutting out like something's wrong. With it. Okay. Anyway, uh, okay, cool. Well, uh, you guys got anything you want to add about AMC? I know, um, I guess AMC and Regal versus uh, Universal. I don't think it'll. I think it's the death of those two theaters if they try to do something like this. They have no, no leg to stand on. Like no dog in this fight. There's no way. You know, it's not. It's not a. Uh, symbiotic relationship right oh. is that with the two the oh. two work together are you sure symbiotic or symbiotic or if as venom would call it yeah. <laughs> symbiote yeah um so i you know i just feel like i, I guess okay we would just say ice up amc theaters that's what we need to do just ice up the amc theater. that's a good good pick for next week yeah um all right well, let's go ahead and move on let's see uh next up is the oscar uh Changing Oscars changing the rules, and Chris, you know more about this than I do, so uh, let me know the the, the better details because you read more than just the headlines, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll comment on what you uh, have to say about it. You don't read above, you don't read below the fold, do you, Gary? Gray? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Motion Picture Academy just kind of kind of stunned the world at this point, wondering, you know, the big joke was for a while there with theaters shutting down, things like that, movie theaters. You know, move as we're getting to productions, not knowing if uh, their stuff's going to premiere video on demand and things like that. And the, the joke was going, hey, guess it's going to be best picture. It's going to be Birds of Prey because that's all that's out there right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, they came out on uh, the 29th and said that uh, they will allow movies that debuted on digital or streaming platforms to qualify for best picture. The catch is that this is just for this year's Oscar race and not, you know, in perpetuity, not, not, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, you know, it's impressive that they decided to do it, but they also recognize the elephant in the room and might as well introduce them and say that, okay, we're in trouble. We at least need to give the studios a saying, if you, if they're holding back warring, because Oscar season doesn't start until like November, December. You know, I mean, there are movies that I wish would get Oscar notice that premiere because there are some really good movies that do come out before November, December. But they if they do, they usually get one or two if they're lucky and, you know, just peters out. But this is a big thing for the Academy just to even admit to. And especially this early, like they are seeing the writing on the wall. At that point, if we don't do something, there will be nothing for us to showcase in a dying telecast. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we, we've we seen the Oscars just getting, you know, Oscar so white. We have seen not only them not nominating people uh, of different races and ethnicities. Gender is a big issue when it comes to female directors. Um, just the movies in general, you know, when they expanded the 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 uh, best pictures to 10 after the controversy that the dark night, the dark night didn't get uh, in there and everyone, it was raved by the critics. It was, everyone thought it was going to be the first comic book movie and didn't make the five. So they expanded it to 10 and it worked for a couple of years with a couple of movies that were popcorn favorites, blockbusters. And then like it, like always happens, you know, the 10 categories. Now they had to qualify. So up to 10 mm-hmm. and you have to at least get a number of, Num- first place or number of votes on the ballot when they send it out to people to even get on and considered. And so it's back to the same independence 
and they're wondering why the telecast they can't get a host to save their life because no one wants to they 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 get strong on with the host they can't really do what they want to do and you know this is this is just a more problem that the academy is noticing but i i'm with you greg a bs it'll eventually happen i applaud them for making the choice to do this this year but who's kidding who on this one this is you're going to find a way that you know, the, the rule is they have to premiere at least, I think the rule is at least a week in a major outlet, which is why sometimes you see around the holidays, like big movies that aren't going to come out technically until next year wide. They have like a week release in New York and LA. That's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a super flawed system, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. And, and you, I always ask myself, cause I never, I never really watched these, the, any of these award shows. I mean, I guess, my wife enjoys them sometimes, so if she, you know one's on, I'll be catching on. It's cool, but like I'll never plan to watch one because most of the time I I never see anything in there that I'm really that interested in watching. Like it, it's crazy that I don't. I mean, I guess when I say it's an outdated kind of thing, uh, they don't keep up with the times. I don't think a lot of the a lot of the movies they're giving the awards to are movies that are necessarily popular with the general audience, it's more of an arts type deal, which I understand that this is an art and that's what they're trying to preserve. Um, but I don't know. And I, I could be very wrong about this and maybe it's just cause I don't see any of the movies or hear about anything they have on there, but they're going to be strong armed into doing this. Like they say, it's just for one year, but they're going to be strong armed into doing this because yeah. especially if what we were talking about in the last topic about theater shutting down, they're going to have no choice. Otherwise, what are they going to do? You know? And and if these artists are the, these people who are going in there and, and demanding that they want the best art to be on there are working for these companies, these streaming companies and doing these Amazon movies and these television shows, then why would I don't understand why they would have a problem? I guess it's not the actors, though, is it? It's, it's the not Academy, the, it, right? it's it's the Academy. They, you know, they're diversifying, okay. but you still got some diehards on there that are not going to want to hold on i mean we've seen some of i mean people have famous spielberg's come out and said some things scorsese's come out and certain things i mean they are completely entitled to their opinion on different things it doesn't infringe anyone who hates on them saying you know what i don't have to agree with them i still can uh uh, there are tours and when they're on right and guess what when you reach that level yeah sure you can ever say the hell you want at that point you've earned it you know (laughs) it's your opinion yeah yeah you think it's definitely uh uh one of these things that's gonna eventually uh I think the the Oscars are going to find they're on the wrong side of this battle, uh, similar to, you know, when in history you see a lot of people, as we talked about, you know, that find out they're on the wrong side of the battle. I think you're about to find out over, if not the next couple of years, the next five years for sure, that uh, you're going to need to include them into that conversation because you're going to be leaving a large number of uh, productions out of the equation if you don't. Well, well I'm, go ahead, Greg. So it's like blockbuster, man. Yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> nobody needs it anymore. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's not not incorrect there. Well, I mean, you even even just look at like when they tried and it blew up in their face within like a week or two when they created. I can't remember what the category was. It was basically for the blockbuster popcorn movies. They created a special category. It was either this year they were going to do this past year or two years ago. They created a they created a category saying this is where the blockbusters are going to go, like your Marvels, things like that. 
and everyone read through that. So wait a minute. They can no longer be considered the best picture. They're going to have to be relegated to this category, kind of like how animated features are. Nope, you can only be in the animated. You can't be for best picture after, um, you know, I think that was the big, the first one that was ever in best picture with Beauty and the Beast at that point. That scared that crud out of people at that point in the Academy. But it was in a blip in their face. It's okay, we're not going to do that category, you know, because the public just saw between what they were trying to do, you know, and, you know, it's, there, there's so many different categories that should be considered that aren't in there. Like I saw when I put this out there on Twitter, like someone put out, put out, responded to me. It's like, you know, stunt court, stunt, stunt men, stunt men and women, you know? Yeah. They're not in there. I, I've been playing for years and years and years, casting directors, people's careers and movies are made and broken by the casting director. That has been one of the longest ones that has never seen the light of day and has been plead and beg for and the academy is like no we're not doing that i was like are you kidding me well i think when you go to i I get your point with a casting director but i think when you go to casting director you're really starting to walk that line of of uh i mean well you're right whoever's cast is but it's not just the casting director that that causes that to happen because if you're going to include cast directors that means you would want to include uh managers of actors as well because i'm sure they have a lot to do with that right well, I mean, that would be the negotiated getting in the film in the sense. I'm just saying, like, their ability to notice a talent and their ability okay. to see, like, understand, like, they work hand in hand with the director and the writers at that point, the producers. So they know, have an idea. And like I've said before, there's a great documentary called Casted By looking at how focusing on one particular casting director and how influential she was at picking so many big name actors that if it wasn't for her noticing at that mm-hmm. point in giving him a shot, again, it's the butterfly. Like, I could play the what-if game and be right and wrong all the time. But it's just more of this, you know, you're right, yeah, the manager. But I think they're right. There is a line that you start needing to cross. But I think that casting director is probably where the line is at that point if you start venturing okay. off the theater or venturing off the movie, the influence. Okay. I could see that. I mean, that's one. Like I said, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think of that one. But you could make a fair argument, like you just did, and it would make sense to me. Yeah, so I can understand that. Um, so you got anything else you want to add, Oscars, or y'all want to talk some Marvel? Let's talk some Marvel, bro. Marvel. Yeah, so I don't know if I said that, he'd be like, "Yeah, let's hop to it." <laughs> no, <laughs> let's 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 talk about I don't know this this Keep virus talking. that's going around. I've, yeah, let's talk about our... COVID for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's talk about sanitizing you know, your workstations and everything like that? Well, honestly, we kind of been talking about COVID because the last two topics have basically been uh, <laughs> results <related>. of, <laughs> yeah, results thereof. So, and actually, the one we're talking about right now is, is result thereof. Marvel came out with, Look well, at that. yeah, came out with their new slate. I guess this is April 28th is when I had this tweet. So I guess it's not new. It's a few days old, but um, uh, let's talk about it, man. And I just want to be, you know, upfront about it. I think I said this a long time ago when we first heard about the slate. I'm just not excited for Marvel movies in the future. And I don't know if it's maybe that, uh, I haven't answered. Okay. I don't know if it's maybe that I'm spoiled because I, I I want them to build to a story and, and maybe I'm looking for X-Men and fantastic four. And I don't see that on the slate and that's what bothers me. Uh, maybe I'm just, I just need a break from, from Marvel right now. But see, I say that, but then I know that I'm going to see this movie and I know I'm going to enjoy it. I'm just not excited for it. I don't know why. So, Explain it to me, CK. You have a theory. Um, I think we have fatigue. Yeah. You know, I, I, the buildup for 
the I, I guess first few phases, if you want to the the Infinity War buildup, I guess you could say, was just so epic that it's so hard to be able to get excited again about something like that to happen because it's just a rare thing. It's not something that I think you're going to see in this lifetime. I would like to, I mean, possibly, I guess you could, but um, the amount of time and effort that I put in to those movies and, and, and ensuring that I was there opening night, midnight, whatever it was, I wanted to be there every single movie because I was so excited. It started to fall off a little bit as towards the end. And, you know, when I found out Avengers two was age of Ultron, who, who wanted that after you found out what was going on behind the scenes at the end of the first Avengers, um, you know, but I, again, storytelling, it's like basically age of Ultron was the twin towers of, of, of the, uh, of the Marvel universe. But, um, uh, man, it, it's fatigue. It's you, you're not as excited because you're, you're realizing that there is not going to be this, you know, long puzzle building, you know, thing that you have to worry about the, the age of the end credit scenes. I almost feel like are going to be coming to an end after this, because it's almost a certainty that Marvel's going to do it. And you talk about these directors and they're all saying, no, we're not doing, we don't like that idea. We don't want to, we want to do our own thing. We don't want this to seem like it's just cookie cutter. And I'm like, that's what Marvel fans are expecting. Like we all want the end credit scene, at least, you know, in my opinion, you know, I don't want to sit there for seven extra minutes and not get anything. Let's put it that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but you know, it fatigue. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying it's a uh, short answer is I think it's fatigue, uh, you know, of putting your, your entire self into this uh into this buildup or into the possibility of a buildup they say there's not going to be another buildup like this the success that this buildup had and the amount of money they made off of it yes they spent a lot of money but the amount of money they made off of this they how do they not consider a buildup again right. no i agree yeah <laughs> good Chris. no i mean i was like it's not a buildup it's like yeah it may not be the same caliber but yeah. Everyone, like you're saying, everyone's expecting. I agree. I think it's a little bit of fatigue. I also think looking at the slate, it's hard to see a direction. I think that's also your problem. You have that right. looking at the problem. slate, yep. you, you, it's hard to see it. And you're also have, and, and agree. I mean, you're bringing in two franchises that outside of people who read the comics, like myself, you know, that never have any idea who Shang, who Shang-Chi is or the Eternals. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you've everyone knows who Black Widow is, never know Spider Man, never know Thor, Doctor Strange, but it's just it, it's going to be very interesting, and it's going to take you know the thing with the Avengers when it finally came out it was like you brought in you it was bringing up a team together, so you got yeah. the team. So what did the team do? That's it. Okay, then the <laughs> team's got to break apart and come back together at that point. This one it's hard to see. We don't know who the quote unquote Avengers are anymore. Right? Who is that team? Who who will be a part of it? What is the next thing? You know, I and do you have to watch Disney Plus to be able to follow it? You know, yeah. Right? And, and, Are you going to be required to do that? I don't think you're going to be required. I don't. I think it helps. Like with everything, I was like, I read the comics. I know what's going on. Like I, I read Age of Ultron. That is not the Age of Ultron I read at that point. It's not Civil War I read either. But <laughs> it's not your Civil <laughs> that's War. another but podcast. Yeah. It, it is, and that's fine. That's fine. I don't want to page to screen at that point. It, it mm-hmm. was what I was saying. But you know, I, it, it's one of those things that we. I wonder what's what big. You know, they may claim it. There is a plan. 
there is an, uh, quoting Nick Fury, there is an idea that they're going towards her. Feige is not having this huge slate going down to just rando movies just because, you know, that may Mm -hmm. not be Thanos level threat. There is going to be a threat. There is going to be something else. My, my thing is I would love to see secret invasion. I still think you can do secret invasion just because they made this, that group of scrolls good. Doesn't mean that you can't have a bad group of scrolls. Doesn't mean you can't have people that go rogue, you know, at that point. You know, there are there are huge, huge storylines that are epic threats that you could do at this point. We just it's hard to see it at this point. And until we start seeing what Black Widow is going to set up, because Black Widow is going to set up something. I I heard that they weren't going to be releasing it anymore. I heard that (laughs) it was scrapped altogether. That's what I heard. Uh Now, maybe I misread the article. But what I read was that Black Widow is not going to be released. No, it's already filmed, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, already, well, filmed. it's already filmed it in the can. I mean, they're, I think yeah. I think they're more not, they they more have said that this is not something you're going to see on VOD. Like we we need this in the theater. This the was theater. not we, we want you to see it. So we'll yeah. delay it at that point till till we feel it's necessary. But yeah, I don't I have, I haven't read that at that point, but I know. So they obviously. Mutants, I know New Mutants. We may never see ever again. You'll never see. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll never I'll, see. New I'll pay. I'll pay for. I'll pay my five bucks on Hulu to uh, see New Mutants. Trust me. I just want to see it just to finally see what what was so wrong with this movie. Mm. Uh, but I, it, Black Widow is going to set up something. It's not going to be the huge thing, but I think it's going to set up something. Eternals. I, I think Eternals is going to be our bigger setup of where this where this slate is going because I think originally Feige or someone as we were in phase two, right? Going into phase. I think we were in phase mm-hmm. three saying this next phase is going to be more cosmic. This is going to be more yeah. out there at that point. And you've got pretty much two, three, like black widow, Spider-Man and Shang-Chi that are more gra- quote unquote grounded street level. Yeah. And you have three that are out there. So, it doesn't make Feige necessarily saying he's not telling the truth. It's just you've got to have you're building towards something. And I think it's a cosmic threat. I just don't know what that cosmic thing is. And even say, well, Thanos was a cosmic threat. I think I think we're I think it's going to be a little bit different, though. Well, yeah, there's a lot I of storylines that haven't been wrapped up yet as well. You yeah, know, that, right. you know, the atom and all of that. So. And I think that that might be part of what it is, too. I think it's a combination of everything we've been saying. Because, like I said, I don't want to say that I, I – like, you're right. It probably is a little fatigue, but I don't want to say it's fatigue because, like I said, I'm still going to see these movies as soon as I can. I'm still going to love these movies because they're great movies. It's just the excitement factor is not there for me. And it's all the stuff we've been saying. Plus, I haven't seen anything about any of them. I'm used to seeing all kinds of stuff all the time, reading all kinds of mm-hmm. articles about the production, seeing pictures – seeing previews and I'm not seeing any of that stuff. And, and, you know, I have no direction of where it's going. You know, when the, when Marvel, when MCU hit phase three, by that time, I was at a point where I'm going to go see the individual movies, the Ragnarok, the guardians of the galaxy two stuff like that. I'm going to go see that because it's part of a bigger story that I'm working towards. And I know it's going to be a huge part, but I wasn't as excited for those movies as I was for like in game and Infinity War type deal, because that was what I was building up towards. And I think Chris nailed it on the head when he said, it, it's just the no direction thing. You know, I have no direction on where it's going. And I get it. I don't have to have direction. They're not serving me. But give it to me. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> give it to me. That's all I'm saying. Patience. Give it to Patience. me. Patience. That's right. Um, it, hey, real quick, you, you mentioned that earlier. The the uh, the uh, talk about part about Nick Fury, where you know the, he said, I can't remember what you were talking about. You said where he said there was an idea. There was an idea. Yeah. Ck. I mean, real quick with the yeah. g- g- give me one with the voice. There was an idea. <laughs> Hold on, let me pull it up on my phone. <laughs> Put him on the spot there. I do, Hold man. This... You sent it to me in text, didn't you? Oh yeah. yeah. All you gotta say is, all you gotta say is, there was an idea. I just want to hear that with that one line. There was an idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's gonna be pretty awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, you don't see the whole thing right now, but yeah, um, yeah, but uh, I don't know, man. Let's talk about the actual slate because we just talked about Marvel and what we've liked. I know, uh, obviously, Black Widow's coming up first. They pushed that back to November 6, twenty twenty. So that's obviously when they think they think by at least November things are going to be better. Theaters are going to be open. I mean, in theory, things are going to be open in two weeks, right? Even though a lot of strikes just went on start today, but who knows what's going to happen? At least it's a at least it's a a they know they're going to take a loss, but it's a loss they can tolerate. Right. Well, my question is, so let's say just by chance, November 6th, theaters aren't open yet, or by then they've closed down. Well, I guess they wouldn't have closed down by then, but they're not open yet. What do you think they do? You think they push it back further? Or you think they go ahead and just do the video on demand? I think to say that no studio is not thinking video on demand seriously, they're they're not taking it seriously or not considering it, it is a complete BS. I think every studio is talking about it as an option. Now, how how much of a idea? I don't know, but they're all are talking about to say think that they're not that you're kidding yourself. No, I think that if by November sixth the theater's not open, it's it's definitely they're gonna have to. There there is there is no way on the face of the planet if any if everything else opens up, theaters are gonna open up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they're gonna have football games. Where there are sixty four thousand people sitting within, like touching elbows in these stadiums, there is no justification why these theaters cannot do that. Shoot before, shoot before the corona. At that point, I was already feeling claustrophobic. Didn't want the guy next to me touching me. At that point, <laughs> I think wow. I'm just gonna still stay away from football stadiums, well, especially in the upper bowl in Carolina. Man, Bank of America, it's like, the upper bowl is like oh, squeezed together, but. Um, yeah, so November 6th, they're looking, they're thinking that it's going to be good by then. I'm really hoping that things are going to be good by then because I didn't even think about that until you said that CK, that isn't football season. And if things aren't better by football season, I might lose it. I really might lose it. If I don't get the rest of my basketball season, wait a minute. The, the, I might the, lose it. the U.S. Postal guy is going to go postal. Mm-hmm. We don't <laughs> <talk> about that. <laughs> um, but let's see. So that's the first one up in the list. Next up in the list, February 12th, 2021, The Eternals. I, I couldn't care less about seeing this movie right now. Give me a preview. Give me an idea what's going on. Then I'll, then I'll want, you know, I'm, I'll probably, well, not probably. I'll go see it. Just not excited for it. So give me something to be excited about. Um, you guys excited about Eternals at all? I think it's, uh, I've read it. I've read it. I've, I've read Neil Gaiman's run reintroducing them at that point. I mean, this is, I think, their pathway to a more cosmic entity. They're celestials on Earth and human beings who have been with us forever and have been kind of monitoring in the background and either not knowing that they're, they're basically a god or, or uh, they have been with us at that point. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's definitely, if we don't have the X-Men, this is kind of the closest thing we got right now. So 
you know, that's all. And get to see uh, what's his face ripped as all get out. <laughs> um, the comedian, uh, Kumail. All right. Oh, yeah. gosh. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Angelina Jolie. I mean, they got a good cast with it. Um, Kit, 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 Kit Carrington's in it playing the Black Knight. I mean, you've got some star power behind it. But again, you're right. Like with all these these new ones, until you see a trailer, it's hard to get excited about something without knowing it. Like as a, as a comic book fan, take my money. You've got me. You've got me. Maybe not maybe not day one, but you definitely got me first weekend. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if this is a opening weekend movie for me. It's a uh, it's when I get around to seeing it before it's out of theaters. I'll see it. Like I'll pay to go see it in theaters, but uh, it's not. I'm not going to take off work. You know, the next day or the night, you know, a few hours the night before to go see it. So what about you, CK? Are you excited about Eternals at all? I don't know what your knowledge of that. You know, it's it's I'm I'm pretty happy to watch any of those. I just again, I'm right there with you as far as excitement level. I'm just kind of like. How are you going to top end game? I just don't, right. cannot get excited about many. Of the, I mean, outside of the, the normal. Big hill to climb. Like, yeah. Um, it definitely, and, and, and if Eternals can come out and actually get me started on that hill, Hey, maybe my, my, uh, my excitement level starts to resurge a little bit, but, uh, until that moment, until we know who all is actually coming back and who's in it for the long haul. Cause right now we don't, we don't know, um, outside of the, the movies that have been released as to who's coming back. Here's a theory that could get you excited about it is what if Eternals is our first look at the consequences behind the snap not just like snapping but the snaps that happened like mm-hmm. what if we finally it's not just the people coming in and out of back back and forth reality mm-hmm. the i mean you heard it in endgame this had this had astronomical consequences that we don't know about besides people coming back to life and die and dying at that point yeah they basically and that's the effects of them going in and out of the time stream to get the stones to put them back. Trust me, there are going to be consequences for this. Yeah. yeah. It all depends on how they want. And, w- and, and what if this, the consequence was these eternals who many of them didn't know they were a celestial are awakened. And what does the effect does that have? Didn't they do some of the eternals in the shield? They no, that was the Kree thought they did like a, a small eternal run in agents of shield maybe i was wrong i didn't watch the show that much so i can't really comment on that much but i think you're thinking the inhumans that's what i'm thinking about the inhumans yeah yeah, yeah that's i was about to say you're thinking about quake and all of that yes so. that's what i'm thinking about remember when um, the inhumans was supposed to be cool and then uh, they released that show and that totally blew it up <laughs> man that I, that show took a turn man Ooh. <laughs> if we want to have a conversation about that i i was all in <laughs> I, what i loved about it was you know they started and this is not about the upcoming movies but i'll throw this out here um it started out they said that it, it's a freestanding show you don't have to watch the movies you don't have to watch the show to get the movies either but what's really cool about it is that there, after every big major release, there was an episode of the Shield or the Agents of Shield that intertwined with that movie, right? And so, for instance, Dark World. 
obviously we know that wasn't the greatest movie in the world, but to actually see how it impacted the world of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that they still exist in that same universe, it was very, uh, very interesting, and I, that kept me hooked there for a while. That stopped, and all of a sudden, they're going off on their own tangent that has absolutely nothing to do with the same cinematic universe. Uh, Inhumans, you don't hear Inhumans being mentioned at all in the cinematic universe. And so it, it, I started to lose interest because it wasn't intertwined, and all of a sudden they're just going. So they lost a lot of quality when they started to really, as you said, in humans, they ruined that a little bit. So Okay. That was actually when I kind of started watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then I, you know, <laughs> I was like, people are like, you should Oops. watch that. And I started watching that, and I remember, I remember like two episodes, and I was like, oh, this is not that bad. And then I just never came back to it. So, and I've watched little bits here and there, but I don't think I don't think I've watched more than two full episodes. I didn't of it. finish. I wish I would have, just so I can know. But I I had to stop after they got to a point where it was just quake happened, and then it just was this, um, it was this cheesy show that didn't have great acting, and uh, they were just trying to live up to the movies, and they just couldn't do it on the production budget that they had working for ABC. It just was not working well. I think once they, I, 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 there were those bad seasons in the middle. I think once they started going, we're only doing it. We're only quote unquote doing a half season in the sense of like, they only did like three months. Yeah. At that point when they did three different, three different arcs within it, like they had one, arc one. Okay. Halfway mm-hmm. through went to arc two, arc three. It was much tighter, much better produced, much better acting at that point where mm-hmm. everything was connected, but they had three different main things they were going through. That's when it started good. I think it's been the last three seasons and this upcoming one is going to be its final. So. Okay. Interesting. I honestly, I thought it was over. I did not realize yep. that they, uh, <laughs> they were still rolling with it. I wish <laughs> the, the part that it bugs me is a, you know, Phil is back, right. And agents of shield. That's yeah. one of the major starting storylines. Do you see him mentioned at all? He was a big part of the first Avengers and a lot of the movies, Iron Man leading up to it and to have him be alive and not have him being, uh, to have him be a motivating factor as to why this team came together. And then all of a sudden now he's alive and they don't mention him at all. Like it bugs the ever living crap out of me. Yeah. That, that, that's always, that has been a, a sticking factor at that point. I don't know why, but I mean, now I know in the show, I know why he's quote unquote alive and, you know, three. Anyone want to know why? Anyone care? Um, <laughs> why he's alive? Yeah. Well, how is he alive now? Three, two, one. Spoilers. Um, he's an LMD now. LMD? Life yeah. model decoy. Oh. So is is that what it is, what it was? I know that, that like. That, that, that's what he is now. That's what he is now. I know that they had started to get into the AI aspect of things when I started to kind of get a, get away from it. Okay, that's uh, when I really started getting interested in it. So. Yeah, I, I, that's that's when I like I watched a little bit, but I wasn't like as heavy into it. Um, but I, I know that it was what was it Belize? He, he was always talking about how if somebody asked where he's how he recovered or where he's been, he's always like something like Belize or something like that. Um, basically saying he's been vacationing, but then we find out that he was actually. Um, it, 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 if yeah. I'm not mistaken, it was like some sort of experimental Tahiti. Tahiti. Yeah, Tahiti. That's it is. Yeah. But I, I, from my recollection, and obviously it may seem like maybe this way because I don't recall the, the entirety of it, but like I, he was under some, like it was some experimental, 
Like I remember him possibly being in some sort of a pod or something. Am I wrong in that? Thinking like he was basically being regenerated. They've basically mixed like the Cree and him that, and stuff like that. So like Phil, the Phil we know, the Phil Coulson, he is officially he, dead. Yeah. Like he is gone at this point. Um, the Phil we have now at the introduced at the end of the, la- the last season, he is an LMD. Hmm. So is it is anybody else you know more disappointed that he didn't become spirit? Or in that, am I thinking about that right? Am I thinking about the right character? No. The the guy who's kind of like a ghost almost. In uh, Marvel? Yeah. It's something like they were, it was a big theory that uh, that Phil Coulson, after the first Avengers, that he was going to turn into, what is that guy's name? I say, it sounds like you're talking about like Spectre in, yeah. uh, in Maybe. DC. With no. Like, with like Arrow, <sighs> but. I don't know. I'm not as well versed with Marvel as IMDC, and you know. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so Chase to big squirrel there. Nathan, be proud of us. Chase to huge squirrel. I know Chris is looking it up right now, trying to figure out I can see him. I have no so, idea. Yeah. I have no idea where to look. CK, you stumped me on that one. <laughs> Maybe it was know. Vision. Maybe it was Vision. I'll have to look. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, like I said, Marvel. I mean, I, I know Marvel pretty well, but not that deep into it. So. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. That's, so that's February 12th, 2021 internals, then May 7th, 2021. So they're going to look, they have three coming out in 2021. Uh, May 7th, 2021 is the Shang-Chi, the legend of the 10 rings. Don't know anything about it. Yeah. Doesn't that's, mean uh, that's that what I'm not entirely be... sure about. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to think it's a good movie. Uh, you know, Kung Fu movies are cool. If it's going to be like a Kung Fu movie type style, cause that's what it sounds like with yeah. Shang-Chi. I don't know if that makes me sound racist or not, but um, how about the one thing you get excited? We finally get to see the real Mandarin. There you go. That'll be something to get excited for. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's something that I'm willing to give a shot. I know nothing about. Uh, show me a cool trailer or a concept or an idea of what this is going to you know, be about, and, and I'll be interested in it. But uh, until then, it's just no intrigue at all for me. You know, um, we're still a long way away, maybe further out based on what happens in the future. But I, I'm not saying I can't be impressed by it or I can't be uh, interested in it. Just not right now. Pell, is the only thing to say about that one? All I got, like I said, Mandarin. Yes. Yeah. Ten that's Rings, right. that's the Mandarin. Yeah. Uh, so after that, the third movie, 2021, is November 5th, 2021, and that is Spider-Man Home Something, because it's going to involve the word home in the title. Home you alone, can't home. leave your home. Right. <laughs> so do we think that, let's talk about theories on this, right? Do we think that this is going to be, what is, how real is the uh, the assembly of Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, uh, you know, obviously Tom Holland, uh, all the people that have played Spider-Man coming into one movie. Uh, that's going to be the animated sequel to uh, you think that's Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. It would be awesome if they could figure that out live action. I don't think it'll ever, ever happen, especially the fact that Tobey Maguire, that movie's what, 15 old. years old, eight, 17 yeah. years old. The, the I mean, third one was from 2008, so you'll sooner yeah. you'll sooner see that in like Venom or Morbius than you would. Yeah. I guess, <laughs> th- yeah. this movie. 
Well, the and and they're you know the what I like about if you watch some of the the teasers about Venom, you or even what some of the things that, uh, not Tom Holland, but uh, who plays Hardy. Tom Hardy, yeah. um, what he released on his some of his social media was indicating that there is about to be a crossover, which I know you're expecting it, but the way that Sony was playing it and Disney was playing it is that this is two completely different universes than Tom Holland's you know, uh, Tom Holland Spider Man. And Tom Hardy's Venom, whereas now we're starting to realize that those are those are going to interject and they are the same universe. And Tom Holland is going to be a part of it because some of those uh, promo shots you're seeing, where is Spider-Man? You know, and and you're it's Toby, it's, it, and and some of them are actually Toby Maguire Spider-Man. If you look at them, like the promos, that's the same outfit that Toby Maguire was wearing. So, which is really interesting. Well, see, because yeah. when I look at those pictures, I mean, you're talking about the picture of like the, you see the spider leg hanging out of Venom's mouth. Ooh, I don't know about that one. That's the one see, that I saw Tom a picture Hardy like that. posted. Uh-huh. Is that the one? That's the one that Tom Hardy posted and then was quickly taken down. He's gotten a, yeah. He's gotten like three or four different times where he's posted something and very quickly it's taken down. So it's almost like he's being told like, "Hey, uh, you got to take that down." You like he was the one who kind of liked something or tweeted something about Andy Circus, and it was just like, "You got to take that down, dude." Yeah, it's not like, <laughs> yeah. stop that. So he's yeah. the Tom Holland of the of the Sony universe. Yeah, he's definitely the whistleblower <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah, let's let's talk about the new name that Sony has. You want to talk about people are saying, "Oh, let there be carnage." What a bad name. How about Sony now calling their the Spider Man universe of characters? Oh, oh, that S U O C the sock. The sock. Yes. Like really, yeah. geez, it's already bad enough that you have you're holding on to your your these characters. Oh God, don't give it a name. Just call it the Spider Man universe. That's it. It's called right. Spider Man. The Spider Verse. Why can't you just call yes. it Spider Verse? They know? own that. Come on. Right, right. You you own own the rights. Just call it Spider Verse. Damn it. Uh, but I mean, this one right here of of all of the movies that have come out. Uh, well, actually, the last three. I, like I said, I don't have much excitement for any of these movies, but if I did or was like, if there was a chance I'm going to go see any of these movies opening night, it's probably in these last three. And that was, of course, the Spider-Man movie, uh, November 5th, 2021, because I love the Spider-Man character. And yeah. I've loved all variations of them. Like there there have been good and bad parts to all of them, even you though mean, I do you think mean that with Tom Holland. Gothic, uh, Gothic Tobey Maguire. That's well, what yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> love that part, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, he, he moved him. But um, I think with Tom Holland, there's been less of the things that I think are controversial. Or I didn't like. Like he's been an almost perfect Spider-Man. I, I really would have to sit down and think about a scene I didn't like him as, as being Peter Parker or Spider-Man in. Um, he, he's an almost perfect Spider-Man. So you know, I love him in the future. That's gonna be a good one. Uh, next after that is February 11th, 2022. So these last two were in 2022 and that's, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. <sighs> I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited Jane about Foster's it. coming he, back. You know, well, yeah. Well, here's my thing, man, is like, I love Thor. I love, that's one of the few Marvel comics that I, that I, if I'm going to pick up a Marvel comic, I love picking up a Thor comic. I love the character. Um, I just hate that. Throughout the majority of Thor being Thor in the MCU, there were a lot of times where they kind of made him a punching bag and they didn't really show his true power and like what, you know, he, he would be until it got towards the end, like, you know, um, Infinity War. That's what Thor is right there, man. That is Thor. 
And as soon as you start to get that, and even at the very end of Endgame, even as soon as you start to get that, well, guess what? He's not Thor anymore. It's like, oh, oh yeah. It's like I've been, I've been stooge. waiting for that Thor for so long, you know, and now you don't have any more of that Thor. It's like, okay. So, but I'm still going to see it. Still excited for it. I mean, well, not excited for it, but more excited for it than I am the other movies. Um, well, what's interesting about it is, have you heard some of the details that they're talking about with it? No. Detail. It's basically saying that it's going to be a very, um, like Jane is going to be essentially having the the powers of the God of Thunder. Oh yeah, she's Thor. Yeah, she, she is Thor. Yeah, and that and that's the way it goes Thor. in the comics, right? Love and yeah, Thunder is a comic it, arc, right? Well, n- not necessarily. Um, I mean, Jane Foster did receive the the hammer, and that was that was one of the big big surprises when you saw a female Thor because at one point in the comics Thor was unworthy this there was a series called original sin and something was whisper uh, it was whispered into Thor he became unworthy of the hammer and couldn't get back we didn't know and I'm not gonna say like what proved him to be unworthy but um for the longest for a little while we didn't know who female Thor was you know we didn't know and then transformed back and it proved to be Jane Foster Jane Foster, though, was suffering from cancer. Here's the thing that was interesting, though. Jane Foster, every time she transformed into Thor, it would cure cancer. She wouldn't be suffering from cancer. However, when she transformed back, remember, if you're going through cancer treatment, you're going through radiation. Mm -hmm. When you transform back, you have lost all your radiation treatments, and it ended up killing her every time she would transform back and forth to Thor. So that was the more compelling storyline about it. It's like, how how is she going to navigate this? Yeah. Well, I think the other thing that I have a problem with this is, is, I don't know. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know me with Natalie Portman and, and her acting. Um, you respect I Natalie just, Portman. <laughs> I respect Natalie Portman. She's a good actress. I just, there's some parts in some movies, like there are some parts where she played Queen. Let's put it this way. I like the animated Natalie Portman in Clone Wars better than I do the real Natalie Portman in the prequels of Star Wars. Okay. God, Nathan's not here. He would have jumped all over you, my friend. How do you no, like I, Natalie? I, what do you like about her in V for Vendetta? Oh, God, it's been so long since I've seen that movie. Um, Just remember bald Jane Foster. Mm. <clears throat> now, but with all that being said, huh? I said V for Vendetta is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I mentioned a lot. You know, we'll do that movie one night. It yeah. sounds like a good idea. Check that movie out. But um, I don't know. It's like I said, I, I don't have a problem with, with Natalie Portman. And I think she can do a good job of this role. But, I mean, it's 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 pretty obvious. She she mailed it in with, with uh, Dark World because she didn't want to be there. And that's what's so surprising about her signing on for this because I know she didn't want to really be there. I thought she was pretty much done with Thor. There was a lot uh, of and then, scenes crap that was going yeah. on. That's why I kind of got phoned in and there was a different direction for the character and it got chained and it, it was, it was just like, she was not happy. They didn't treat her right. So she was like peace and Taika and Feige mended fences with that. Cause they had a good story and said, yeah. we really want you to come back. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that if they're going to do that and they're going to do it with Jane Foster, they can at least keep the same actor playing the role. And, yeah. and, you know, I'm sure she's yeah. going to do a fine job. Like I said, they've got MCU. You've already got my money. I'll probably own this physically <laughs> or digitally. After I've seen it once in theater, so I mean you've already got the money. You mean so VOD? Really matter, but... you mean VOD, right? Yeah, exactly VOD. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. 
Uh, and then we got one more movie after that, and that is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Now, <clears throat> I like Doctor Strange. I don't know much about Doctor Strange other than what I've seen from the animated um, Spider-Man the Animated Series from the 90s. And when you I've seen a the T-shirt movies. like that, like everything I've learned, I learned from Spider-Man <laughs> from the 90s. I bet you T-Bone <laughs> does. I bet you T-Bone does because uh, he watches that series a lot. Yes, so he good does. Series, though. It's a good series. Uh-huh. Um, but here's my thing about Spider-Man is I have a personal thing with, or not Spider-Man, sorry, Doctor Strange. I have a personal thing with Doctor Strange because, you know, as you know, I'm, I love Green Lantern and not just the, the movie, the character, but I do enjoy the movie. And, you know, Doctor Strange is the exact same movie as Green Lantern. If you want to talk to me about it, have me and I'll tell you all about it. And I promise you I'll convince you because they're the exact same damn movie that one got praised for and one got hated. So I just wonder with Doctor Strange in the multiverse, is that going to be like the script for Green Lantern 2? Yeah. And of course, I'm being facetious and being kind of an asshole and just talking trash right now. Big <laughs> joke, but uh, it, it's going to be a good movie. You Once DC again, you know. shill, you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be a good movie. Uh, like I said, MCU got my money. I'm going to go see it. And uh, of all movies that I want to see in a theater, this is a movie that I want to see in theaters because the special effects are, are, are killer. I'd love to see this at like um, the Cyworks in Winston Salem on the the planetarium or the the. The ceiling, like I like that, it'd be pretty pretty cool to see. But well, this one's just interesting, just because you got Sam Sam Raimi as a director, Sam Raimi, Mister Horror, Mister <laughs> I don't do too much with special effects. So that'll be interesting in seeing him kind of how much of a balance we're gonna get between like, dude, you're gonna have to do some special effects. It's freaking Doctor Strange, but I will be very impressed of what he doesn't do with special effects. But the first one fell through because. Apparently, it was first director fell through. It was a lot more horror than they were willing to tolerate mm-hmm. at that point. And so you're bringing in Sam Raimi, which is a lot more tongue in cheek, but also he does very good horror. But I like the idea that remember kind of when I said the Eternals, maybe seeing our first effects of the snaps and the time travel, or what we call time travel these days. <laughs> this is also yeah. another movie of a of consequences and seeing and going different universes. And this is kind of what you were seeing, say, seeing, saying CK was, you know, WandaVision is supposed to be a lead in for the multiverse of madness. And so with Scarlet, Witch, I think Scarlet, Witch is supposed to be Dr. Strange is supposed to make an appearance in WandaVision and, or uh, Scarlet Witch is supposed to make an appearance in Doctor Strange. So there will be some very interesting effects. I would love traveling to the different Earths beyond 616 or whatever. I can't remember the MCU Earth is in this one and just seeing the different Earths that we have. uh, Yeah. Result. Well, do you think this is just a tease like it was in the uh, Spider-Man Far From Home about the multiverse? Do you think it's going to be a big joke? Like, there oh, really no. is no multiverse. It's all made up. We're just kidding. No, this, this there is. This, <laughs> Marvel has a multiverse. It's just not as. It's not like the DC where we 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 know we have fifty two Earths at that point. Like this one is just like you have different storylines and we acknowledge them, but it's never been kind of a focus. You know, well, outside, the, what you this, know we had what, the ultimates, the ultimate universe, which is what MCU is kind of based off of, anyways. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, what I was going to say is, like, you know, when with the end game, we were introduced into different timelines immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so different, you know, a multiverse could mean not necessarily different universes, but different timelines that exist because of, as you said, as a consequence to the snap. 
and them going back and actually essentially creating different timelines for it. Um, you I know, it's not like that because I'm going to rub it in so many people's faces who, who said that the timeline was fixed at the end of the no, no, so no, many people's screwed, faces. Loki, they already screwed it up with Loki. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's why that's why Loki's coming back. You know that that's one of the things sure. that when when Bruce Banner again, the the we can argue the the logistics of time travel all day. I'm sure, but uh, <laughs> the way that it's described and and accepted in the Marvel universe based on what Bruce Banner said was that there are different timelines that have already branched out. And they're basically talking about going and plucking out the Infinity Stones, one, two, three, sorry, spoiler alert, um, out of the timelines Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, going back in time. And then basically by doing so, they create a different branch of the timeline, which at that point in time, they will return back to that exact moment in time and, you know, put that time, that Infinity Stone back, allowing for that timeline to continue because it is going to be different than the one that we we experience in Endgame, um, which is, is I guess, a way that you could see Tony Stark surviving, which they're talking about him coming back to the MCU. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of moving parts. I just, I'm worried they're going to make it too cheap. And that's where, you know, it, Tony Stark coming back, but it's not the same Tony Stark that died in Endgame. He's a different Tony Stark. He didn't, you know, sacrifice his life to save everybody. It's a different timeline. That feels cheap to me, you know. And you I don't, don't buy, I, and I don't buy for a second the storyline that's going around saying, "Oh, they're they're doing the ultimatum thing." It's like, oh, for crying out loud, look your your source who that was at that point, <laughs> and and let's just move on. We haven't even introduced X Men yet to have ultimatum to even be. We haven't introduced Fantastic Four enough to have a, a decent ultimatum. So, move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, you know, it's funny because uh, these characters I get so associated with. I know that just a, not even a minute ago you said. Um, Tony Stark, and uh, I, I immediately thought Robert Downey. Like, so when you said, oh, they're bringing Tony Stark back, I was like, they're talking about bringing Tony Stark back, thinking Robert Downey? And I was like, there's no way they're going to be able to afford him. Like, like how, how are they going to get it back? He's getting too <laughs> old. And then I thought about it, I was like, oh, Tony Stark is the character, Robert Downey is the actor, I got you. Like, that, that's how ingrained in my head. It's it's like Wolverine with, uh, with um, Hugh Jackman. Jackman yeah. 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 Well, isn't like, isn't I, it I, that... Isn't the rumor that they're down, uh, Robert Downey's that they've come to a uh, an understanding about his price point and that they're willing to pay it? I thought I heard something about that. I don't know. I haven't, but that doesn't mean a- it's not true. A- everyone's got a price. That's right. That's right. And Robert Downey's is very, very high. Yes. But rightfully so. You know. One of yeah. The Nineteen hours ago, uh, Robert Downey Jr. hints at Marvel return with Russo brothers. Hmm. Now, I think that would be more or less like a cameo type deal. I don't think he's coming back as Iron Man. You don't think so? I don't. Know. I, don't I don't know though. I think we need you, a break. I think we need a break from yeah. Iron Man. Kind of like we need a break, a little bit of a breather from Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it, you got to have a much even uh, even longer uh, break with those characters if you're going to recast them too. Because, you know, like I said, that's ingrained in my head. I think with Wolverine, it's been. It's been long enough that I could accept another Wolverine now. When was when did Logan come out? That was the last Wolverine movie, right? Oh or gosh, was that played four, three years ago? Four, four, four or five? Uh, three years ago, because I remember when my twins were born, the the uh, Red Band trailer was released. So about three or four years ago. Okay, so if they introduce the X Men in two, well, definitely not in the next two years. 
So in three years, that'll be six years. Mm-hmm. I think that's long enough they could that they could recast the character, and I could you know be okay with it. Yeah, you're not going to have an X Men franchise without Wolverine. Period. Right. I mean, yeah. you may you may make it through the first movie because you don't <laughs> need him for the first movie. By the second one, you're going to have him. Yeah. So they have even they have even more time if you do that route. Are we certain that? I mean, I think that even if uh, if Hugh Jackman wanted to come back to do it, I don't think they could. Right? They, there's just no way. I mean, there's a big gap between, and they've they've introduced different timelines as well with X Men, and and you know, it's definitely you know a long history that Wolverine's been a part of. So Hugh Jackman's character could very well still exist in that universe, but I mean, I don't think they would want to do that. I think right now, as you guys said, that that window has is is far enough back to where they can cast a new person like they have with every other X Men character. Yeah. yeah, and he's gone on record saying if they didn't do Logan. He would be interested in doing an MCU movie. However, they did Logan, his swan song. He got what he needed to do. Good luck to you, MCU. Good luck to you, Feige. I support you. The guy's also getting kind of old. He he was what? He was late 50s when he did Logan, right? Or was yeah. Maybe older yeah. Than that. And, and he's tired of just living on white chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meal yeah. after meal. And, and you, don't, just, uh, you don't think that he would want to do a, a, a comeback with uh, Deadpool? You don't think that would be... Oh, he's joked Ooh. about it uh, uh, on yeah. their uh, I mean, back and forth. Just yeah. those guys have already got a history between the two of them, right? Mm-hmm. Those guys go back and forth and joke around with one another, meaning Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. That is exactly the same relationship that Wolverine and Deadpool have, and uh, at least in the experiences I've had with the 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 crossovers, those two have been a part of. Um, I think that would be an a hysterical. But amazing film, and I don't know why they haven't actually put that. I just have you played the Deadpool game where Wolverine's a part of it? No, dude, it's it is hilarious. It's just Deadpool's you know quips with it. It just it's a it's two immortal characters who are able who are basically have demons of their own, um, and and one is so too serious, and the other is just hilariously you know. Mm Un- unserious yeah um and and so that that mixture was just so amazing and i know you can start to i if you're going to hint at that you can start hinting at the spider-man crossover between those characters and all of a sudden now you have a a, a universe that exists outside of the avengers aspect of things but i i i'm that my biggest disappointment is is having a wolverine character that didn't interact with the people that i felt like he was uh he he interacted with best. Yeah, yeah, I'll sooner I'll sooner take more of Cable and Deadpool. I I, yeah. I, I, I that's what I really have enjoyed. I see. Yeah. I, I agree, Wolverine and Deadpool, but I still think that you're you're gonna basically do a rehash of Cable and Deadpool, and I'd rather see Cable uh, and yeah. Deadpool. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. Uh, and, and is it is it a reality? Is uh, is Deadpool actually gonna cross over into the MCU? He's had his meetings, and that's all we know. I do not want that. Do not want that. Not, not that. Not that I don't think it'd be cool to see Deadpool in in that mixture of you know characters of the movies. Uh, I think that you. you take away from what's so successful with Deadpool and, and the movies he's made. Not so even maybe in the character, but the movies he's made. If you, Marvel if you, him. yeah, if you make it PG, <laughs> you right. know PG thirteen. You, 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 you either... make him a popcorn character, then the you know popcorn family movie character. Then even though a lot of kids go see Deadpool in theaters um and you know i've seen it when they shouldn't have uh it's one of those things 
you don't want I don't want to tone down Deadpool. That's what I want Deadpool to be. Ryan Reynolds nailed it. That's exactly what I want Deadpool to be in the movie. I don't think the second movie was as good as the first one, but that's often the case when it comes to a character because in you know, a the comedy first movie too. Is, yeah, a comedy almost always because in the second movie you, you know exactly what to expect and you don't get what you're looking for and you're disappointed. Um, but I mean, you know, I would see another. I would want to see another. I want to see an X Force movie. Um, that'd be really cool. I just don't want to see Deadpool in the MCU. Uh, I can accept I, it if it happens, but well, I'm going to have to accept it if it happens. Can you but. see any of the characters in MCU? Delegating their role to a to an R-rated movie like Deadpool, X Force. You think the X Force could do that? X Force is. In well, there's no there's no MCU characters in X Force, right? There are no not, MCU characters currently in X Force, right? Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Like, well, yeah. current. Okay, I, I see what you're saying, CK. Yeah, yeah same. Um, pull somebody from the MCU and put them in. Pull, there. Uh, yeah. Put them in there. Put them in an R-rated one. Black Widow, maybe. If we want to go um, a hard spy, that's... if we want to do a hard spy at that point, um, but Loki, I could see a rated R Loki movie. I don't even know about Loki. Uh, Loki no, is our, he's, he's a little bit too. Uh, Hawkeye. The, the, the Hawkeye. Hawk, that was one that I was thinking about was Hawkeye. Um, and maybe, uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, of, of, of a character that, that maybe didn't get a lot of screen time. I'm thinking of maybe some of the characters from. Do, do, do we count Netflix? <laughs> you no. mean, I obviously you could put every one of those characters into the that whole, equation. The whole the whole Marvel Knights line, put it yeah. there. But they're not cinematic universe, which, well, I, which I know. I'm just saying. Well, to be fair, they have hinted at being a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, talking about the event. And Daredevil and things <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, how many that. times we heard about that? The event. <laughs> yeah, the event. <laughs> the New York incident. Uh, yeah, the New York incident. Yeah, yeah, all of that. So, I mean, they hint at being a part of that universe without actually diving headfirst into it. Um, so, But I don't know if you can – I don't know that there is one. There's not I, a mean, yeah. there, I mean, maybe there's – maybe there's a, 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 a extra, you know, maybe one of those uh, characters from uh, the, the Thor movie. What was it? Gosh, uh, Ragnarok, you know, maybe a character or two from that. I mean, there's, uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to, trying I to think, I think the X-Men are the key to bringing in a little more harder core, just because of the different groups that they yeah. do have in, in the organizations. And like I said, X-Force is the paramilitary black ops group of, I mean, Cyclops even uses them as the black ops team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it'll be interesting. You know, I've heard some stuff from other podcasts saying that, you know, maybe leave Deadpool as in, in uh, solo films as your R rated movie. But when he's on a team, you're going to have to ease him back a little bit and it's a little bit easier because he's hidden behind the team and he's not the main focus. Yeah, I can it's, see it's, that. It's, but it's, they... It still cuts what Deadpool is. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying if we are going to bring him in and they do want to bring him in, we're just going to have to, like I said, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense because if he's in a team up movie where he's, you know, there's 15 characters in the movie, he doesn't necessarily have to be the main focus. Um, you know, of everything as opposed to where, where he's in the Deadpool movie, you're going to be he's narrating the movie. You know, you're going to see Deadpool and listen to Deadpool the whole time. And that's that's what you're going for. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it could work. 
I think I would just prefer to see the universes separated. Um, it really just depends on, like you said, where they go with the, with the X-Men in the future. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Even with Doctor Strange, they could... Ooh, there you go. There's a character in the MCU they could take and they could put into a rated R movie. Ooh, I could see yeah. a rated R Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, yeah I could too because of who yeah. he was before he became Doctor Strange. Well, even he's gone when he has lost the quote unquote the title of Sorcerer Supreme. He's gone pretty hardcore at times. So, I mean, he in the comics, he there is precedent for him being a lot darker. Yeah, I could see Thor being a lot darker as well. He I has mean, also when he was unworthy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like the Adam Warlock movie. If they made an Adam you have Warlock the Venom. Movie. You have the Venom. You know, uh, if they if Sony's willing to. Yeah, that'd be a, a bit of a, a stretch now all of a sudden. I guess, is right. Fox now a part of Disney? Yes. So that, I guess yeah, that's I still a possibility then. Yeah. Uh, if Fox was still separated, then now trying to negotiate a three-company <laughs> split between how to put those characters together would be tough. But yeah, I mean, I think there are some characters, maybe some anti-heroes out there that, that could work, um, that uh, that all could maybe come together yeah i mean it'd be nice but again i think that deadpool also works very well by himself so yeah it's a good it's a good move but i mean good character you can run a movie off of by yourself and have a great time watching it um well that's it for the marvel slate that i had y'all um we went off on a huge mcu tangent which is cool because i know we all love talking about i told you marvel movies so that's that's my bread and butter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what this show's about man we, we we pick a topic and we talk about it for like two and a half minutes and then we just veer off onto something totally different and 25 minutes later we come back to that topic so <clears throat> we were at least topic related there yes but uh honestly fellas that's all i had on the list tonight um you know we're two hours and 15 minutes into it just the three of us knocking it out uh, i got nothing else to say about marvel or anything else for the evening are y'all good do y'all want to go ahead and sign out call it evening call it let's do it Cool. All right. Well, CK, man, tell us where they can find you at. Um, I'm, I'm at a lot of places. Um, you can, uh, you can oh, find right me now, physically right now. Yeah. Where are we? yeah I'm, I'm currently, What's your address, sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know. Uh, but, uh, I'm, you can catch me at, uh, on Twitter. I'm at Codizzle Allen. I am trying to get my stream up and running as far as on Twitch. So if there's any of you guys that are actually into that, who would care to watch and comment while I am actually streaming live and help me try to get to affiliate. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, I'm at Codizzle underscore Allen. Um, and uh, I, uh, in my streams, I, I'm trying to create a gimmick that works and, 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 and have any communication like following you into the AO squad leader, you know, stuff like hmm. that. <laughs> um, and in hopes of trying to maybe get that to catch on, but we'll see. Uh, but, uh, any help, any, any, uh, support from, uh, the fans of the SCS podcast or, uh, anything like that would be greatly appreciated. Definitely, man. Definitely. And you know, this guy, uh, I played some Warzone with him a couple, uh, about two weeks ago, I think. And I got my first win with you and it was very epic because me and CK were the last two guys left on our team and the circle was closing in and we're on top of the hill and there's only one other guy left, and the other guy's at the bottom of the hill, and me and CK basically just jumped down and grabbed that guy. That guy it was pretty fun. <laughs> uh, check out his Twitch channel. He's also on the C3 Panthers podcast with me. Um, yep. And, you know, I plug that every time I'm in it, but Chris, go ahead. Tell us where they can find you at, buddy. 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Chris Balga, and my show is World's Finest True Believers. You can follow the show at Finest Believers on Twitter and email the show, World's Finest True Believers at gmail.com. Uh, this coming Monday, or, you know, the show usually drops on Monday, so Monday night, Tuesday morning, new episode drops, uh, new guest. Uh, I've got Je- Jeff, uh, Jeff, Jeff uh, Haas. He is actually the PR manager for a Spoiler Country podcast. I get a lot of great big name people from the comic industry, entertainment industry. He also is a creator and co-writer of a, of a comic book called The Nightmare Patrol. We are looking at the one he has chosen is we are delving into Vertigo. We're delving into one of my favorite writers, Neil Gaiman, The Sandman Season of Mists. Okay. So, All right. Very, very excited. It's our first person ever wanting to do Sandman. So we get pretty deep on gaming, but excellent, excellent choice. Excellent episode. We get, we, uh, it's so fun to do. Mm-hmm. See, you, you like gaming a whole lot then. I'm going to start reading Lucifer comic just so that way I can come in your show and talk about a Lucifer comic. Because gaming <laughs> has to do with that, right? He, yeah, he is not the writer of that, but it's, it, it's in the Sandman universe. Okay. Yeah. Season the Mist is where, what happens with Lucifer, that's where the series ends up picking up after the Lucifer series. Okay, cool. So I just finished I just binged all four seasons of Lucifer if I really want to gotcha. awesome yep. show. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um well cool. Uh and you know, like always you can find me at the Bat Daddy fifty two on Twitter. Uh only form of social media. Uh you can find me or uh, Nathan at SCS Podcast One on Twitter. Uh, we'll try to contact you there. I'm also live Tuesday nights on YouTube at the C3 Panthers podcast with my homeboy CK here, brother Prince Cody and Tony. Uh, we talk about Panthers football every Sunday, and uh, you know I'm the pessimist, uh, CK is the optimist. We balance each other out, so <laughs> <laughs> we like to go back and forth a lot. But it's a really fun show. You can check us out live, get in the chat room with us. And speaking of which. Next week, this is the last episode uh, before we get to one year. So next week is our one-year anniversary. Nice. We are celebrating it. Uh, thank you. We are celebrating it by doing the oh, – with us, man. <laughs> we are celebrating it by doing the uh, first live stream ever. Uh, we're going to do it just like we do the C3 Panthers podcast. So if you ever check me out on that show, check it out. Um, as soon as it, you know, live stream on YouTube, you can get involved in the chat. We'll be watching Man of Steel. We'll be talking about Clone Wars, possibly, depending on who I can get on the show. But I know that we want to save Clone Wars for when Katie and Nathan can both be on there because those are our Clone Wars, um, you know, fanboys and girls, the biggest ones at least. So we definitely want to save that for them. But either way, we're definitely doing Man of Steel next week. Um, so, Chris, we're also doing the giveaway. Uh, I've yes. made a list of the comics that Chris has a stack of uh, trade paperbacks and hardcover comics that um, we're going to be giving away our first um prize to yeah. to a guest and the the way you enter that is just check out our live show say something in the chat room give us a thumbs up and share the show with a friend and you're automatically entered the next week we'll go ahead and draw you randomly from a hat so if you're the only one that joins us it's a pretty easy way to get a free comic yeah um that's about all the house cleaning i got oh yeah we should go ahead and mention cuz uh Mr. Snell mentioned it today for those of you who are aware, the Geekverse podcast and the uh, Super Civil Servants podcast and all its affiliates have kind of merged together. We're all making creating a network. It's going to be the Ultimate Alliance Network. Um, we've all got shows on it. It's going to be a really fun time. It's going to start June 1st. Me and Nathan are going to be heading up the DC uh, Ultimate Alliance, yeah, DC Alliance podcast. Chris, you and Travis are doing the Marvel Alliance and Marvel World's Finest True Believers will be coming over to the network. 
Fantastic. And then uh, I know Travis is bringing superhero discussions onto the network. If you haven't checked out his show, check it out. Awesome show about animated stuff. Um, well, animated stuff, uh, he covers a lot of CW shows. It's not even just animated stuff. It's just superhero discussions. I've been on there a few times. Really, really fun. And Katie is also going to be doing um, a, what is it, Slice of Film Slice of podcast. Film, yep. Mm-hmm. Or she's going to be doing a movie podcast uh, covering a lot of movies. I know that I'm already scheduled to go on there with her. I think Chris is already on recording yep. with her. Really, really fun time. Just a really fun movie review. Katie's about 10 years younger than the majority of us. So there's a <laughs> lot of movies from the 90s she hasn't seen yet that we're watching for the first time with her and we're doing a review of, which is really cool to see somebody who watched it when they were younger and somebody who's never seen it before. Uh, and then she's also doing a Star Wars. I think it's the Star Wars Alliance yep. podcast, right? Yep, All going to be part of the new network. Uh, if you want any details about that, just check us out on Twitter. Check out Geekverse on Twitter. We're super excited about that. But uh, we got a month to prepare. Yeah, so, follow uh, uh, the the feed is live. It's got a 19 second preview. Just, you know, subscribe to uh, Geek Ultimate Alliance at that point on any of your podcatchers. That's where you're going to get all the shows starting June 1st. Um, so yeah, it's it, we're pretty excited. And this yeah. is all Geek First and Travis Nell and the crew over there that we're very humbled that they want us to be a part of it. 100%. 100%. You know, CK, it's funny you're here that we're talking about this because, you know, I was telling you all this in the chat earlier, Geekverse podcast and C3 Panthers podcast, uh, on top of probably the Suicide Squadcast network, were the three, you know, networks or podcasts that got me into wanting to listen more yeah. and be involved. And on my one-year anniversary of podcasting, I can say that I work with the Geekverse podcast and I work with the C3 Panthers podcast. And, man, that <laughs> is really, really cool. So That's um, awesome. It, it is awesome, man. It really is. It puts a smile on my face. I've gone three days without drinking, and I nice. drank tonight. Just, I drank tonight uh, just because of that, because I was celebrating, because it was it was such. Well, a, there such you a go. There is a lot to celebrate. Well, here's here's something you can. Uh, I'll try to get you a better quality of this, but uh, here we go. In the beginning, there was an idea. Nathan knows this. It's called the SCS podcast. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable podcasters to see if they could become something more, to see if they could work together so when we needed them, they could record the podcast that we never could. This is the Super Civil Servants Podcast. I got yeah. chills. chills. Oh, yeah, man. I'm going to throw a little music behind that. It's going to be the intro on the live show. My man, CK, <laughs> I love it. That sultry voice, man. Very, gotta very good. It. It's almost like you should do movie phone or something, man. I don't know. Do they still have that? I don't. You've know. had a little success with that voice there, haven't you? Yeah, awesome. Um, so it's it's slightly. I mean, I'm not going to say yet. I, I want to try to monetize it. It's just so hard figuring out how to do that. I uh, I'm doing. Uh, you know, I've been I've been playing actually online with uh, the guys from Pat McAfee's podcast. Um, they I was going to do their intro, but I think they went with the uh, the guys who sent in a song. So no, nothing yet, but. Uh, I'm still. Uh, my hope is that uh, if nothing else, this uh, the streaming stuff will attract people to the stream. And mm. you know, um, what I plan on doing is try to do the the voice randomly and then just record it and and have the people's reactions. Because every time I do it <laughs> while I'm playing with random people online, they're all like, "Oh my god, what is it?" <laughs> and so. If I can, if I can, you know, kind of get a compilation of that, or or just have people inter- interested in watching this stream based on the fact that people are going to interact and and react to that in an exciting manner, then that uh, I'm hoping that'll catch some people and and and, and draw them in a little bit. Yeah, definitely, man. Impress me. 
Yeah, you do the intro for the C3 Panthers podcast, and uh, I heard that a thousand times before I podcasted with you. I think I podcasted with you um, maybe five or six times before I ever realized that you were that voice. Because <laughs> you just you just popped it out, and I was like, wow, that was a good impression. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what you sound just like that guy on the intro. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Oh, we're, good job, but. we're Carolina Panthers fans. <laughs> there you go, man. It's Cry good. often. <laughs> All the time. Oh, uh, hang up on him, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, y'all, that's the longest exit we've ever had right there. Yeah. We had a whole lot of house cleaning to do. Um, but I'm getting out of here. We'll see y'all next week. Episode 50. Excuse me. Mark 50. First episode live on YouTube. Check us out. Hit me up on uh, Twitter if you got any questions. I'll let you know everything I can. Till next week. Have a go. Shutter sound.